Hello, party people in the house. My name is Dan slash Pandar. I am here with Harry Osole and a very special guest indeed, Thanks Matt Delicate in the building. This is the second episode of the Meet Me Front Left podcast. And uh, yeah, we're back with a bang. We've had a lot of good <laughs> feedback from the last one. Yeah. So we're we're hoping the good feedback continues and we don't fall down the drain and uh, plummet into the abyss. <laughs> so on the show today, we have Matt Delicate. Matt Delicate runs, founds, and is the, you know, Leading big on. old selector, <laughs> director, injector for misplaced <laughs> recordings. Well, Matt, so how are you doing today, mate? How are you? All good. I've had uh, two little own brand ciders beforehand, <laughs> so I'm feeling good. And um, a little monster and vodka. So let's uh, hope this doesn't go too wacky too soon. <laughs> wow, God, you're excited to go in. <laughs> Love that, mate. Have you tried the um? Oh, what's it? The Galahads. They're the ones from oh, Aldi. Wow. Have you have you experienced those? Unreal. I, I, I haven't specimen. ventured that that far. Uh, <laughs> I sort of stick to, stick to the own brand knockoffs, the ones that look identical to the real thing. Yeah, like they're not Pringles, they're Prongles. Prongles. <laughs> yeah. You're joking. Whatever. Whatever. They're not called Prongles, are they? No, I've no idea what they're called. <laughs> the Walker Crisps are called Runners or something. Yeah, they're, but it's all, you, you go into Aldi and you're like, it tastes exactly the same. The packaging looks identical, but yeah. it's not the actual brand. Jeez. Yeah. But anyone who anyone goes to Aldi, get involved on the Galahads. They are glorious, no, glorious beers. I think you can get two a four a four pack for two quid or something unbelievable wow yeah crazy stuff mr mr matt delicate do you want to uh just tell us a bit about you and what you what you do at the moment yeah so i am an unemployed bum running a record <laughs> label uh, <laughs> I've, I've basically been running labels for about six years um it started off as a tumblr blog my first label wow um which was just posting like house music when i first got into it yeah. Um, and then a Brazilian guy um, thought that the label, which was called House Jacking, was a Jack and House label, um, <laughs> which, you know, I can't blame him for thinking. <laughs> he, he, sent, <laughs> he sent the track over um, and he had like, I don't know, it was probably about 6,000 followers on SoundCloud at the time, which is like quite big in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. I was like, fuck it. Why don't we just put this out? And so we did that. <laughs> And here I am six years later and like 27 grand in debt from going to uni to study music <laughs> management. Um, <laughs> and I, I've made, you know, a little bit of profit, but I haven't made any profit for myself. But uh, here we are. Soon come, mate. Soon of, come. A lot of experience now, I'm assuming, in the whole field. And uh, you started on, because you did Vacant as well, didn't you? You did Vacant House Jacking. Yeah. So Vacant <laughs> Recordings was uh, sort of more techie and techno. And yeah. that went for about two years. I had a lot of fun doing that one. Um, I like that one. It was sort of like after uni had finished... Um, and I wasn't going out as much and sort of techno for me, whilst I still love it, is sort of that sound that is a very time and a place thing for me. Like that's, yeah. that's not something I want to be listening to when I get up first thing in the morning. Um, <laughs> you know, unless I'm still on it, but, um, yeah, it's not really the dream alarm clock, is it? But... That's it. That's it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> unless it's the bells, mate. The bells, <laughs> Jeff Mills. Well, you can't go wrong with that. Oh, I love God. that. <laughs> <laughs> Every morning, can you imagine just... Oh, <laughs> Make it stop. Good wake up. 
Have you had the, the Christmas version of that, the Jingle Bells? God. Oh, no, God. I've not heard Some, Somebody's edited uh, Jingle Bells into that song. It's amazing. I beg, <laughs> beg you to listen to it after this podcast. Have a listen to the Jingle Bells. It's the well, best the Jingle Bells. And if you don't that play it at Christmas, brilliant. it's a wasted opportunity. You guys heard it here first, guys. <laughs> Top advice from Matt Delicate. Go listen to to be fair, there is, there is a lack of uh, there's a lack of dance music designed for Christmas. I think so. <laughs> you know, maybe there's a gap in the market for Jeff Mills. There we go. <laughs> I'm tapping into that one. 100%. <laughs> oh my sign God. it, mate. Sign it. Yeah. <laughs> my new Christmas label coming uh, December 2020. So stay tuned. That's an yeah. ex- that's an exclusive. <laughs> So interestingly, Matt, like I didn't even know you started it on Tumblr. How how does that even work with Tumblr? Yeah, with um, jacking. So it was it was basically just sort of like a, a music blog where I was posting up stuff that I sort of enjoyed. I didn't really have a clue what I was doing at the time, <laughs> um, and it was just me posting basically YouTube links. Um, uh-huh. And then it sort so all I was doing was sort of doing you know like. Um, the sort of YouTube channels you have now, like Eaten Messy and uh, okay. uh, Elf and all of this stuff. So that's sort of what I was doing. And then after I got that first track sent to me, the idea was just to sort of run with that. And uh, I thought this is a piece of piss. Why don't I carry on? <laughs> and um, it turns out the, the longer you're in saying, the more you realize it's not a piece of piss. Um, and <laughs> there's, there's a lot more work around it than you think. And it, it's quite time-consuming, but it's, it's enjoyable, and that's uh, that's where I've ended up today. Have Have you still got the House Jacking page live? Is it still on House, SoundCloud? House Jacking, yeah, it's still going. Uh, we wow. do a release every once in a while, but not at all as much as we used to. It's just sort of um, misplaces, sort of where I found my groove. And um, going to say it's, that, yeah, it's it's what I'm really enjoying doing at the moment. It's it's not the biggest label I have in terms of the socials, but in terms of feedback and sort of support, I think it's probably one of the, the bigger labels. I, I definitely yeah, think yeah. in terms of the labels that you've ran, like um, House Jack in, Vacant and then Misplaced, I think Misplaced is like definitely the one that's, it, it's like you've had them two other ones and this is the one which is now like, it's the best one, I feel that's like. It. Yeah, it, feel, it feels like the flagship. To yeah, me. it's <laughs> like you've had Dabble in, you know, House Techno and then this is like, this is perfect. Like the branding is good. The whole band camp thing's great. And the images is really nice. So I Thank think you very much. Got a spot yeah. on there, mate, with this one. It's sort of um, all, all the other stuff that's come before it. So those two labels, you know, I've worked with loads of great people on that. Exactly, yeah. But I feel like sort of uh, they were sort of setting me up with experience for this. And this was the sort of label that I went into with sort of all the experience needed to go at it and get it right the first time. Or at least I hope that's what people see of it. Yeah. Definitely. It's like, I mean, you listen to some of the music that I played two years ago, it's completely different to what I play now. Absolutely. Same sort, yeah. same sort of thing in a, in a manager's kind of world, I guess, if you want to compare it to something. Yeah, definitely, man. Nice one, mate. Nice one. I've, I absolutely, mate, I agree. I think Misplaced is definitely my favourite out of all the ones. I mean, j- just from like personal taste, but also through like just the whole image of Misplaced just feels right. And I feel when when you said about like the fan base might not be as big, that's probably true. But the way I see it, like everyone's much more into it. That's I don't know, it. From yeah, an yeah. outsider, I suppose. I, I can't remember what the exact thing was, but it was something I read that it was saying it's better to have like uh, like ten true fans than a hundred people who just follow you. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very true. And if those are the people you know, there's 
people who continuously buy our music and I sort of know them on a personal basis now, um, which is, I didn't ever have that before. And I think that also comes down to being on Bandcamp as oh, compared yeah. to sort of the typical route I took with the other two labels, which is, you know, going on to Beatport, Juno and all, all those other platforms which have, have their own place. And I think it can help people massively. But I think Bandcamp is a very uh, direct consumer and it's a, it's a yeah. two-way relationship on that platform. We definitely, we spoke about Bandcamp last week, didn't we, Dan, and how how good it is for the whole uh, scene at the moment. Like, you can just yeah, check yeah. out everything. Um, but yeah, it's an unbelievable platform, I think, for... Community-wise, 100%. Like, yeah, so yeah. yeah, you've got kind of a little community with like a Bandcamp label as well. Yeah, especially dance music stuff. I mean, yeah. I haven't really explored it outside of dance music, to be fair. But... Yeah, it does seem like a real community. And Matt, mate, you're doing fucking well for yourself. I mean, yeah. what you had DJ Boring, <laughs> you had DJ Boring play. Um, was it Aiden's tune? Yeah, it was his, uh, uh, Cascade by Aiden okay. Francis. Uh, yeah. Although DJ Boring, I, I really appreciate him playing it. It's got to be said that you did play it first. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, supporter. that's true, mate. That's true. Who's the real supporter here? Come on, he jumped, he jumped on it after it got popular. So, yeah. whoever doesn't understand what's going on here, Dan played it in a live stream before he did. So, that's <laughs> but um, I mean, many less people watch my live stream. But you know what? Like Matt said, 10, 10 hardcore fans matter than. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You know, Absolutely. 2,000 big ones. So, uh, how, uh, how is life, everyone? On a, on a side note, how are we all doing? How are we finding. Uh, Isolation. I know um, I spoke to Harry literally today, but I just remember you know. actually. I haven't even introduced myself yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Harry. Welcome back. <laughs> um, yeah, life's good actually. The last couple of days have been great. Uh, ever since we launched the podcast, it's been great to see everyone get behind it and enjoy it. Uh, first episode went down really well, and yeah, I've just been on a bit of a high since then. To be honest, uh, made some music. For drinking gin. I've been having a great time the last couple of days. What about you, Matt? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've just been drinking and smoking. Uh, <laughs> both kinds, <laughs> obviously. Uh, I, I don't know, is there any sort of legal ramifications for talking about that sort of thing nah, on here? Nah, or? Nah. Oh, nah. I highly doubt it, We mate. just put a virtual, like a VPN on it that I think we're talking a about. A VPN, Country okay. legal. So I bought, I bought um, <laughs> half an ounce of herbs <laughs> um, that have lasted me three months. So oh, that's yeah. been great going. Uh, I'm, you've done well to keep the oregano going that long. The to oregano be fair has been seasoning well. <laughs> oh, no, fair play, mate. Fair play. I mean, there's not there's not really much we can do at the moment anyway, really. That's it, yeah. at all. I, I don't know what... I, I mean, I've, I can't even tell you what I've done in the last week. Yeah, you've been good on runs. You've been having a great little health health kick. Haven't that's you? that's true, actually. You know what? Today is my uh, my fifth day running. Look at that, eh? Blimey. Yeah. Blimey. Who knows what I'm running from, mate? I'm run- I'm clearly running from something. But... I say I say good for you, Dan, mate. That's great news. Thank you, mate. Thank you. How you uh, yeah, it? it's just I don't know. Not bad. I I took it a bit slower today because I'm starting to ache, mate. Mate, pace yourself. I'm starting to ache. <laughs> I'm aching, bro. <laughs> I'm aching. <laughs> oh. But it does, it makes you feel better. Like, I'm I'm getting to sleep a lot better now. I've noticed. Oh, which uh, is probably quite a struggle for a lot of people. It's probably because you're tired, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's because I'm actually moving about <laughs> and not just sat on the sofa <laughs> or, you know, sat doing a podcast yeah. <laughs> speaking of uh, podcasts I've got a question to ask you Matt please go ahead um, I was just thinking about this earlier like I've never run a label so I don't have a, I don't have a clue um, mm-hmm. 
but I've seen different interviews on it and people manage like inboxes to different ways. You know when you get received demos and stuff? Yeah. Like, do you listen to all of them? Um, I tend to, yeah, as, as soon as I can. Um, I, I find um, a lot of it is, I, I don't know how they do it, I don't know who's doing it, but there's, there seems to be a lot of people who have just sort of scraped emails off of somewhere oh. and they'll, they'll send a demo to like 20 different labels all on CC so you can oh, see that's... every you can see every label that's been sent it and then it's like a, a group conversation between 20 labels saying oh I'll take this track that's the, <laughs> that's the, I don't like that that's like it's no. it's really bad but if if someone puts in the time and effort to you know to reach out and it's it's a bit more personal yeah, yeah. Um, then I'll, I'll listen to it straight away and provide feedback. You know whether we like it or not. I was listening to a what, podcast. What would, um, oh, sorry, 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 Harry. But what what would be like? Say if say if I was sending you a demo, right? Mm-hmm. What what would be like the dream thing for me to say to you in terms of <laughs> what you'd appreciate most for someone to say if they were approaching you? Um, probably. Hi, mate. I know you're ridiculously handsome. And, uh, <laughs> no. it, it, oh would, it would just be um, somebody who can who can show that they're you know passionate about what they're doing and their their own output, whether they've got a lot of followers or not, is is not really the main thing. It's it's as long as you can see that they're sort of not just sending. A lot of the time, people just send a link with no context at all. Yeah. And at that at that point, I'm I'm not really interested, you know, because anyone yeah. can do that. But I think if it's just somebody who comes along, they tell me a bit about themselves and you know why they're sending us a track, then th- that sort of catches my attention. Fair play. Fair I think play. I'll I'll keep that in mind, mate. <laughs> I was, was going to say, like, if you're CCing like twenty different labels and like and it's it's almost the same as like because if you send a demo around to loads of different labels and it has like 60 views and you don't turn the views off the labels want to see that and think oh he sent it to so many people like yeah because yeah. a lot of time you don't want you want to be exclusive don't you and until it's released and all this sort of stuff and if yeah. you send it around to everyone it's a bit that's you know I mean? that's that's it without being snooty about it if, <laughs> if somebody's got a lot of plays on the, on their demo it's just sort of like are we the you know the, the 61st person yeah. to listen to this we like mm. their last choice or whatever. So, yeah. I'd say, would you say to people turn views off or just not turn around? Absolutely. <laughs> if, if you're going to do it, at least lie about it. <laughs> Another little thing I've got is, so, you know, if when you're listening to the track, we've all done this. When we all look for music, I'm sure we don't listen to the whole track all the way through. Do you know what I mean? When you're looking at your demos, do you listen to the whole thing or you skip it to certain bits? Uh, yeah, truth be told, I'll probably, <laughs> probably skip straight into the, the bulk of it. Yeah, yeah. And then if, you know, if that bit takes my interest, I'll skip a bit further. And then if that bit takes my interest, I'll just listen to the whole thing. So, do you reckon you can kind of tell from the first couple of seconds whether it's going to be right for the label or not? Um, I, I don't know about the first few seconds. I think like the, the main bulk of the track you can sort yeah. of tell because obviously the intro and if they're sending demos, you know, there's sometimes there's some sort of creative process between the two of us. If, you know, yeah. if, if I think it's something that, will suit the label but I think it needs a few tweaks you know oh, okay. if, they're, if they're willing to make those tweaks here and there um, yeah. I think we'll, we'll suit our labels sound more okay, and I'll, so I'll sort of do that but yeah do you mean by that like say somebody's got I don't know um, some synth but it's not quite 
fit in with the label, you'll be like, oh, I can make it less Italo-y and make it more minimal. Something like, yeah, something yeah. Like that. <laughs> if, if they're interested in, in getting on, on the label, then I'll do that. Yeah. But I, I don't want to force, you know, a change of their track of their creative vision if that's yeah, not yeah. the way they see it. But, you know, if people think, are willing to work with us, I think it works quite well. I think that's a good way to look at it because, Dan, you sent your music to quite a few labels and a couple of times people have tried telling you to change stuff. And yeah, it's, it's it, pretty when natural. When you to change a lot, it kind of, you feel a bit like, well, it's my track. I I've <laughs> yeah. on this and now you're telling me to change all this to fit your label. Oh, 100%, mate. Like, I've, I've, I've approached quite a few labels and the thing is, when, when you approach labels, you've got to go in with the idea that you're, you are their kind of sound. Yeah. Because if you're, if you're too far away from it, then you know they'll probably say no. But but like Matt, like you said, like if if you're close to the sound, and then m- maybe a few tweaks would happen to get it to what you want it to be, that makes complete sense. But just from my personal experience, I've 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 spent ages working on projects, and then when I when I've finished it and I'm happy with it, it's just like oh, I don't know. It's a bit disheartening sometimes, but then you just you know if, if it's it's all right for an artist to say no just as much. I think. Yeah, yeah so, definitely, definitely. As a label too, it's definitely a, a two way street between labels and artists. And I think the the best partnerships are when you can work together and, and you get on. I think that that's another big thing for me is a lot of the time, even even if it's a great artist, if they're a bit of a knobhead, um, <laughs> it sort of turns me off. I'm not particularly interested in dealing with knobheads who are going to, you know, be yeah. a pain in the ass further down the line or whatever. But the same goes for, you know, people who deal with shitty labels as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But keep... obviously not, of, not naming any names, but have you got any, like, experiences? Of... Oh, definitely. I've got, I've got too many experiences <laughs> he, to tell you about. He was eager to get out there. He's like, I'm, definitely, I'm not going <laughs> I'm not, I'm not to name names, yeah, um, <laughs> but I've had... Um, I've had people be really rude after sending me um, something that sounded ridiculously similar to another artist, um, which turns ah. out he had uh, got it all engineered and then denied any sort of affiliation with this person who then told me that he did make the track. Um, but yeah, I, I've dealt with you know a few a few dickheads in my time. A few, a few crusty jugglers. <laughs> 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 what is that from? That's from, hot, that's from Hot Fuzz. I was going to say, with the, with the, accent, with the accent as well. Let's Jesus. not start quoting Hot Fuzz, God. <laughs> I'll, I'll end up, I'll be here all day. This podcast will be eight hours long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Every Christmas, mate. Every Christmas. Angel. Sorry, <laughs> Angel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Jeez, Jesus. Beautiful Do you, um, yeah, I mean, an, another kind of point of call is obviously going back to what you might have kind of learned from running the different labels. Like, mm. is there anything really different that you've done or something that you did wrong? In, I'm not saying you did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, you know what I mean? Like, if you, yeah, uh, definitely. If, if you made a mistake from one of the labels, is there anything that you've really changed for oh, misplaced? Yeah. Is there anything you um, could do better on the other labels, but pretty much? Um, what one of the mistakes I made on the first one was not getting contracts in earlier enough once oh. uh, we had signed or verbally agreed on something. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to name names because it was something I learned from as well. But it was quite a big um, upcoming sort of uh, deep tech artist who Ooh, was going to yeah. sign to Housejacking. And we had a, a remix made by a friend of mine as well. 
And then all of a sudden, that artist got picked up by a manager who then said that he wasn't allowed to release the track with us. And it went to another label, um, which I won't name as well, um, out of fear of repercussions. Yeah. But um, yeah, they basically stole the track and the remix from us. So that was something I learned pretty early on is, is contracts. And I think the thing with contracts is a lot of people are sort of um, a little bit scared by them. Yeah. Um, it's quite, uh, it c- can be an overwhelming thing. And like our, our contracts as well, they look pretty scary. Um, <laughs> but when it comes down to it, it's just me, a 24 year old guy <laughs> with no legal representation. Who's, who's <laughs> just, just, just trying to make sure we do things properly and everyone gets paid fairly. That's it. It's, it's not some, to be fair, mate, spiel. um, the contract you sent me the other day was, I thought it was the nicest contract I've read in a long time. That's that's I mean, lovely to hear. And that's another Meet Me Front Left exclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, guys. <laughs> I've got a track coming out on Matt's label. It is a, a beautiful remix. Um, mm. we, we might as well give it up now. It's, give it uh, a plug, go on. Yeah, <laughs> see, if Harry, see if Harry gets a manager within the next two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, oh, God. Christian Bistany, I hope I'm saying that right, and Connor Harris. And the track's called Speedy. It's out 10th of July. 2020 if you're listening to this any other year it's already out <laughs> and um yeah it's a, it's a really good single with uh awesome remix by harry oscillate yes boys big up come been, on i'm really excited about this one i've been wanting to be on the label for a long time yeah been well harry back. mate you haven't had a track out in a while to be honest with you have you <laughs> it's a long been time. a minute it's Honestly. been a minute harry well to be fair it, i've been trying to i don't want to sound too cringy here but i've been honing in on my sound <laughs> 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 and uh, the remix is the first of a couple of tracks I'm releasing in the next couple of months. So yeah, sit tight, sit back and relax. Yeah, and mate. Enjoy. Well, you need you need more um, you need more content for your Spotify, mate. I've been telling yeah. you this because yeah. he's got. I don't know if you know this, Matt, but he's he's got a track that he released with Clip Art. It's, it's his only track on Spotify, right? <laughs> and what's it sat on? Like forty thousand views now. About that, so, yeah. I, I think I've seen it. It's so ridiculous. I looked at <laughs> it and I wondered if he'd been cheating the system. If he'd been <laughs> leaving it on repeat for the last. Two months or so. Yeah, uh, he's, no, he's hacked the algorithm. He's, he? he's done very well. Thank you very much. <clears throat> yeah, mate, just need more content now. Need and now content. He's, he's waiting for them 0.007p royalties to come in. Yeah, yeah 100%. Harry's owning, Harry's owning like three quid this month and he's <laughs> buzzing about There's it. your meal deal paid for. <laughs> that's, that's another thing to talk about, actually, is getting paid from music. Like, yeah. people, mm. I think it's definitely a a thing where people I don't some people don't think understand the like how many views and stuff you get you have to get to get a certain amount of money and like even yeah. like even like thirty eight thousand views isn't you don't get much. Like, well one thing I learned actually um the other day is that if you get a million views on Spotify you get three grand. I swear. Correct me if I'm wrong, anyone. I think right. I think oh, you're along the right lines, but at the same time it's it's still pathetic. As far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah, oh, definitely. For the amount of work you'd probably have to put in to for, get something like a million, million plays, views. For a million plays. Do you know what I mean? And the thing is, all, all the major labels have massive stakes in all these streaming platforms anyway. So they're getting paid ridiculous money whilst everyone else who's doing, you know, the grassroots music is getting paid <laughs> the bum end in, in coppers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. I, I think it is. I've, I've learned this more now than ever of how difficult it actually is to kind of get noticed on a bigger 
platform. That's like why Spotify. it's great. Like Bandcamp's come along and just been able to shine a light on smaller artists. Like a good example is uh, your good mate Matt. Uh, what's his name? Sean Birch. Sean Birch, oh. false persona. So, so like he's been with your labels like for ages, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, he, he released on our first compilation um, when he was DJ something. Wow. And that, that was sort of his lo-fi alias. And now he's gotten onto false persona as, you know, yeah. doing electro techno. He's doing mad stuff. I, I don't know how old he is. I think he's, he's like 19, he's 20 young, or something. But he's, he's kicking ass. That's the thing. Like, he's gone onto Bandcamp and he's probably he's made more money on there than he could have made in like two years on Spotify. Do you know what oh, I mean? Without a doubt. Because he, he gets so many downloads on his tracks, he's absolutely killing it on that. And like, the money goes direct to you. So yeah, I just think it's uh, it's the way to go if you're a producer, a new producer. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Bandcamp, if, if you're doing, you know, self-releases, and I, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot and say don't release on labels or whatever, yeah. but if you're self-releasing on Bandcamp, it's, it's the best place to be. You get paid within 48 hours of sales, and it's definitely, you know... Unlike um, sort of when you go through typical distribution, you're waiting to get paid every three months. And then that uh, statement might not even be from the last three months. It might be from nine months ago. Yeah, so yeah. You're, you're getting paid from ages ago and, and it just drips through and it, it's really poorly done. But yeah. that's the way it is. I think a, a lot of people don't use Bandcamp because they don't see it as professional. I think that's... Like, I think people see Beatport and, you know, tracks or Spotify and all this as like, oh, I really want to get a track on Spotify. I really want to get a track on Beatport and track source. Um, because they think just all these big DJs will look only there. But yeah. there's so many DJs now that everyone uses Bandcamp, especially with the lockdown. Bandcamp's just blown up even more. So I think don't shy away from Bandcamp because you don't think it's professional. It's not just like a Depop for tunes. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we went straight on to Misplaced. Uh, I made a thing of it that we would only release our downloads on Bandcamp. So we've we've got onto, you know, Spotify, Shazam, Apple Music, all this other stuff through a distributor. But we're only selling um, through Bandcamp just because my experience with my other two labels was that it's really slow and there's minimum payouts and stuff like that which can mean that people don't get paid for ages whilst yeah. this this way everyone gets paid you know right off the right off the bat as soon as the money comes through like we we just pay it out basically yeah yeah decent bang in bang in i think bang comes definitely the route i mean we, we I, in the past two shows already i'm sure many more shows we're going to be bigging up bang camp yeah. every day <laughs> Dan's getting more and more persuaded to go on it <laughs> i know i know harry you just we're trying to get on guests here just trying to leeway me even yeah. more than already to Ban, get onto bang camp you're not on pan camp yet no i am i am on bang camp oh, yeah. so don't get that. twisted <laughs> yeah no okay. i self i self-released an ep on there in february um ah uh, yes Yes, but, yes, which, yes, which is done. It's done okay, but I think once again, you know, traction is impacted sometimes. Like you, releases don't always go well straight away. But then, to be fair, I, I haven't had much music on Bandcamp anyway. That's the thing, so, mate. To be honest, like you could have a track on, especially SoundCloud. I feel like mixes for the first couple of days do absolutely shocking, and then once they get a couple of listens, they start rolling and start getting a bit more and more. Oh, like, mate, I can't lie to you, right? I'm, I'm. It, for the past few months, I'm actually starting to give up on SoundCloud a bit. Oh, I'm fully with you on that. I was, <laughs> I was about to ask, what's your opinion of SoundCloud in 2020? Because mine is absolute dog shit. <laughs> Wait, and that's that's actually one of the questions I had written down for you, Matt, is whether SoundCloud is dead or not. So SoundCloud I'm, I'm... is dead. R.I.P. Put a bullet in its head. <laughs> I was, we spoke about this last week. It's sad because it was literally like the birth of like SoundCloud 
people. Do you know what I mean? That was SoundCloud yeah. artists. It, like, I'm saying like House Jacking was one of the biggest house like pages on SoundCloud at one point. It, it, was, I mean? it was doing well. SoundCloud for me, yeah, back when I first started, so this was 2014, 2015, SoundCloud was absolutely amazing. And it was, yeah, yeah. you know, you could get plays so easily and people would listen. And now I think just where they've changed all the features and they've tried to become an actual um, streaming yeah. platform, like a legitimate one, instead of, you know, catering to their independent artists, it's it's just absolute shit. They, they've got no. more Tidal and less Bandcamp. That's it. And who listens to Tidal? Who has Tidal? Oh, mate, I honestly don't know, even know what the logo is. I couldn't <laughs> who tell you. Who has Deezer? Who's got Deezer? Yeah. Who's got any of these things? I used to use Deezer back in the day I got it free on my uh, contract. But... Was that when you moved to France? Because I think that's the only place people use it. Deezer I is. I didn't I'm move to sure, France. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a French thing. And Tidal, I had the trial of it, and it was admittedly pretty good but just uh, do you know what I mean who, who uses Tidal give over who cares about the two <laughs> kilobytes that the quality is better than Spotify like honestly yeah. <laughs> I don't have the data plan for that <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but yeah screw SoundCloud mate I don't know I'm oh screw I'm really, SoundCloud wow yeah I'm, I, it's quite He's a big statement <laughs> I might I might change mate if SoundCloud change I might change but you know make SoundCloud great again <laughs> I, I miss I miss the good old days, mate. The good yeah. old days. Because like, even even Mixcloud seems to be doing better the, for mixes. I don't know. I don't really like than it. SoundCloud. I don't know. Yeah. That's just state of opinion. See, I'm with you on that because the thing with Mixcloud is, I think for mixes, they've got everything sorted. It's such a good platform, but just the sort of the interface and the sort of the way it works and everything, I'm really not a fan of. But as a platform, it's, it's amazing, but it's, it's just the way that it, it functions. And I think it takes like 10 plays to get to number one on their charts. <laughs> I think That's it's like, not a joke. You've got to pay now, otherwise you can't rewind, can you? Yeah. yeah. That is absolutely atrocious. Sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, oh my God. Yeah, I noticed that actually, because you can't, if, if you want to go back on a mix at all, if you're skipping through... And then you skip too far ahead, then you can't rewind. You I guess it go just goes to show, like, don't be a dickhead and listen to the whole mix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Maybe it's maybe it's a good thing, you know. Yeah, who knows? Maybe it's just a way to get more subscription services. I don't yeah. really know. They got to well, get that dollar. They got to make that moolah. <laughs> so, um, Matthew, you, de- you used to run uh, parties, didn't you, as well with vacant. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, they're all a bit of a blur, to be honest. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if we'll go into those stories, but um, <laughs> those stories. Let, let's just say after I knew that the the, uh, the events were going okay, things got a little out of hand. <laughs> and so all I remember is no, things, things were going well, and then all of a sudden I'm waking up back at my house looking yeah. for a menthol filter. For it's an soon, hour. Yeah, it's like as soon as it gets to like. <laughs> comfortable capacity and like oh thanks tonight's just about a success I can get absolutely trashed yeah that's what happened I remember um, it was at Junk R.I.P oh big, good old days big F for Junk um, but yeah we basically I got told the day after that I almost set the smoke alarm off because I was continuously pressing the smoke machine button until nobody could oh, see that's, that is the way to go mate that's the spirit <laughs> mate I've done that I've done that before as well uh, we left the smoke machine on and the entire they had to open the back doors of junk because <laughs> you literally could not see anyone in front mate, of you can't take the vape away from Matt can you <laughs> <laughs> apparently the guy who was responsible for lights 
actually pulled the smoke machine out from from the mains because because I was just so smashed. It and was I just their thought, eyes <laughs> rolled back to your head. Just, like, just well, let's let's not go that far. But, uh, <laughs> that's probably a good description, to be honest. But yeah, let's <laughs> let's not go into detail on that. <laughs> Mate, I miss the junk days. When I don't actually remember when I met you, Matt. I can't. Um, I can't was, put, I I think can't it put was a finger on it. Probably uh, vaguely first year of uni. So this is 2015. Because wow. you were in yeah. you were in my my mates class at, at uni. Yeah, with music. Charlie. That's the one, Charlie M. I won't say his name because he's a very quiet boy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because you were in the same class as him and. Yeah, I think that's how we met. Yeah, it must be. I'll, I'll be honest, the last five years is an absolute blur. <laughs> and I don't know what to put that down to. It, probably the oregano. <laughs> but, um... Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, with oregano. Uh... Are you uh, planning on doing any parties in the future with this place or anything? Is that a thing you um, want to get into? So, yeah, it's definitely something I will look, look into. So um, I should probably, yeah, say... That, because obviously, misplaced. I started up after uni, and it was uh, sort of set up with uh, one of my old course mates, Alberto Stocco. Oh, big up! Who is basically um, the sort of European, better-looking version of me, <laughs> uh, who can speak four languages. She's an absolute ladies' man, and uh, without yeah, bigging him up too much. But he, yeah, me and him basically set it up. And he's in Europe somewhere. I don't know. He's always dotted between somewhere like fucking France and Italy <laughs> and Luxembourg. So our plans to do something in, in Europe somewhere oh, awesome. um, just to get around COVID and uh, hopefully, you know, seeing as England's absolutely fucked for the next however yeah. many years. And I, I don't know if events are going to exist past 2021. Um, so yeah, events are something we want to do at some point, definitely. But you're getting yeah. outside, getting outside the UK is a thing, is it? That's yeah. I think it's just I've sort of done my bit here, and sort of I think the main thing as well is being at uni definitely makes putting on events a lot easier because then you have your sort of crowd of people, oh, and, yeah, and they have their crowd of people, and now I have my internet people and my <laughs> mum. that's true though mate when you're at uni the the word of mouth is much easier and that's the thing you can can go into halls and you can fly it and if I was to do that now I'd I'd probably get arrested for (laughs) trespassing or you know something else (laughs) (laughs) there's some some guy in his mid-twenties just walking around the halls like I'm going to come to my event (laughs) that's it that's it I felt bad enough doing that in my early twenties I hate doing it I hate doing it I God. used to stand outside the halls and wait until someone went in and then oh, leg God. it in after them so that yeah. I could get in a locked door. I think everyone who's ever run an event in Southampton or anywhere where there's a student like uh, a student population knows the struggle of trying to just like run into a halls after someone's opened the door. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's so true, mate. You're, you're just like, I'm not a criminal, I'm not a criminal, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to fly <laughs> Hard promo is fun though, mate. As 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 shit as it can be, yeah. I don't know the the walks and getting out and actually, you know, I I, I enjoyed postering. I don't know about you boys. Maybe she, it's just she mean me. as in like the bit where you're like sticking it up illegal places or when you're hand in the mouth. <laughs> oh, mate, I I never did that illegal stuff, mate. Come on, you never come do, on. you never do the old uh, blue tack, no tape, no no, no yeah, paste. No. 
The old cover the letterbox in 55 posters. Yeah. Couple, couple parts of porridge. <laughs> sticky nice. stuff, mate. Lovely stuff. Yeah, sticky stuff, mate. Get that bran flake left in the, left in the bowl with a bit of milk. <laughs> oh, my God. What are you on about? Bung it on the back of a poster. Crusty oh, posters. Mate. Yeah. Crusty posters, yeah. <laughs> you know those, those posters that you see five weeks later and you're like, yeah. What? But how, was... how is it that they stay up for so long and you could put up, I don't know, 50 posters in a day and all of them get taken down? Yeah. Oh, and there's know. this one poster left. I d- you must have seen this. And there's like one poster left that's literally been up there for like eight weeks. I'll, I'll be honest. I went back to Southampton a little while ago and I saw a, a flyer for a housejacking event that I had stuck up. And these were, they weren't even flyers. I've basically gone on, I can't remember what it's called now. It's like Snapfish or something. And it's a, <laughs> it's, a it's a photo printing service for, for like six by fours. And I literally just got the, this, I think it was, I won like 53 prints on a McDonald's Monopoly stamp and use that to print 50 of them off and then just tape them up everywhere. And they're, oh, still, they're still up. If you guys think that, like, you're having a hard time running the vents, mate. This guy is the king of improvisation. Take a note of Matt Delica's book right mate, now. Mate, <laughs> actually, funny you say that, Matt, because whenever I whenever I went um, leafleting in deanery halls, there's still a vacant sticker in the lift. Oh, that's perfect. That's still there. It's that's still exactly there. what I want to hear. I'm pretty sure there's a vacant Jack in House almost place sticker on every fucking traffic light in the whole Southampton. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You, you're an absolute tag machine. Yeah. No Actually, one knows. No one knows what it is. Yeah, but... let, let's just be make this clear. Those those stickers were handed out to random members of the public and it's up to them <laughs> what they do with them. <laughs> I don't oh, use any of the stickers myself. Those oh those stickers are, are just given out and it's the will of the people. Wow, that is amazing to know your sort of uh, tactics for that. But um, do you mind if we take a quick little break, guys? Yeah, let's take yeah. a little snoozer, get ourselves a beverage. Yeah, we're back in. Uh, we're back in uh, uno momento. Hello, we're back from that little break. Have you enjoyed that little uh, transmission? But yeah, we're back now for the rest of the podcast. So yeah, Dan. <laughs> we were just talking about um, Harry's <laughs> tunes because Harry's, as Harry said earlier, he's he's honing in on his sound. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm taking a piss with him a bit just because of personal preference. I think they all sound like they're from an episode of Casualty. <laughs> Dan's basically... Pushing me down back to earth, telling me to stop thinking my tunes are good and that I'm a piece of shit and my tunes are awful. <laughs> <laughs> that's friendship right there. That is friendship. Well, mate, if you are, you're going to say it, I'm not going to say anything. But if that's what you think, mate, then uh, that's what you think at the you end are of the day. Really mean today, aren't you? I'm joking. That was horrible. <laughs> God, no, nah, mate. I love your tunes. I love your music. I love you. God, okay. I've never heard a more. I've never had a bigger lie than that in my life. <laughs> I love your tunes I love your tunes I love you <laughs> right moving on <laughs> oh god um, here's the thing I want to speak about uh, everybody listen <laughs> in terms of music Matt what like what stuff do you listen to are you looking for at the moment are you still are you, are you still DJing um, every now and again yeah but not at all as much as I used to I think for me DJing was sort of it's because it's when I really started learning it, I was doing it back to back with Alberto at the time. Oh, yeah. So oh. A, a lot of DJing for me, the, the fun of it sort of came from 
you know, bouncing off of other people. Definitely, yeah. That's and and having, a, having a mix oh. like that. So to go from that to just staring at a wall by myself, <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely not the same experience. No. Um, but I, st- hey, I still I love back-to-backs. Back-to-backs are always better, in my opinion. I, I don't yeah. know why. They just are. I'd rather go back-to-back with someone. Than yeah, I, I was just thinking, uh, you and Alberto had some absolute slappers in the bunker, didn't you? Yeah, uh, the, the first time we ever played was the best set I ever had, and that that's that's a bad thing because it can only go downhill from there. So <laughs> the, the first time we ever played, I think it was Halloween, must have been like twenty seventeen, I think twenty sixteen, wow. something like that. And it was um, basically we were in room two, and room one closed early because there weren't enough people. So all the people who were left then had to go downstairs to room two. So we were basically headlining. And, <laughs> sick. you know, we we were basically playing to a headline crowd and the, the promoter had to come down and basically tell us to let us let the headliner, the actual headliner play. Um, so, and you said no. <laughs> we, a little bit. We carried on playing for a good 15, 20 minutes and then, and then just let him take over because I was, I was fucking shattered. But uh, yeah, it was all downhill from there. Wow. <laughs> well, the label's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one, one redeeming quality, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that's so funny. Do you, do, you, um, do you miss gigging then? Like, if, if you oh, got yeah. the opportunity? Definitely, man. I mean, I haven't been out to, like, a, a proper gig, like, minus Corona in quite a long time. So it's been sort of a lot of my focus has sort of been on on the labels and you know I'm still paying attention a little bit to what's going outside of you know my own bubble uh, but for me a lot a lot of it's sort of finding these artists that I like and then sort of pushing them helping them out on our label and you know I go to the events every now and again but it, it just depends on what's going on really that's a nice yeah. way to put it that's lovely very much so mate do you um you obviously mentioned as well about um having a good communication with artists mm-hmm. which I think is very important what would be like a good quality of a person to work with I guess it depends who you are as a person for me it'd be it is somebody uh, a stoner <laughs> not, not, not a stoner but you know what I mean just somebody who's chilled out you can have a laugh with them you know even if it's just over the internet you just doesn't take himself too seriously. That's, that's it. Right. Absolutely. Somebody, somebody who's in music for the right reasons and they're yeah. not looking, you know, they're not, big. yeah, they're not looking purely at the business aspect and they're not expecting like the world of me, you know, people who know what I'm capable of and what I can help them out with. And they also realize like, I'm not going to, you know, make them a millionaire or whatever or yeah. <laughs> but my intent is always to give people a platform and to hopefully help their career out in, in some Shape. Oh mate, yeah, definitely. I mean, you're you're like a you're a step on the ladder, I suppose, to a lot of people anyway. Because there, there's probably a lot of artists you've had who have grown as an artist through misplaced already. Yeah, I think there's one who I really like who on your label. I think it's Matt Wills. Matt Wills, yeah, what he's, a guy. Uh, he's incredible. Put some great tracks. Matt Wills, I think he's uh, he's sort of underappreciated for what he does. Like, obviously, the the first chat we put out of him, which was uh, never enough. It wasn't one I expected to get big, but it got pretty big in terms of, you know, the scope of our label. And yeah. he, he's doing really well, and I, I really wish him all the best because I think he's he's got a cool style to him. Is it nice to see artists that you've had on your label 
kind of do like even better after your label? Like, do you feel like you've had like a vital role in their progression? Does it feel? Oh nice? yeah, like yeah. Even even if you know we're not the the making of them, if we help them get onto a label that's bigger and they're gonna you know get gigs as a result of it, that's that's a, a big win for me. That's really nice. That's lovely. That's lovely, Matt. You're a lovely guy, mate. You're Thank a lovely you, guy. mate. What can I say? I'm <laughs> selfless. And if I was in this for the money, uh, then I'd be absolutely fucked. <laughs> oh, wow. God. What about your merch, though? Could you sell merch? That's quite a good income thing, isn't it? Merch is, yeah. So that, that's something else I'd, I'd recommend for anyone who's got a, a brand or even if, you know, you've got a cool logo for yourself as an artist is to get on merch because merch is definitely a way that once people are sort of a fan of you that that is really like the next step up is people showing their support through merch yeah um so you know harry's bought some merch he's <laughs> he's repping he's is. funny enough you say that i actually got your misplaced on right now look at that not that i can see it but look at that <laughs> got the white one with the logo on it it's a really nice t-shirt lovely so yeah i mean merch is definitely a a, a big thing uh, i think you know without it's it's we're not making a absolute killing on it, but it definitely helps fund you know future releases. Yeah. So all, all that money, I've never taken a penny out for myself. It all gets reinvested into new releases and just doing bigger and better things. Is that in, have you that thought money? about? Um, oh, have you have you thought about vinyl releases, Matt? Have oh, you gone down it's a... funny you say that. Oh, I saw something the other day. Go on. So <laughs> here in my hands, you can't see it. I've, oh. I've got it in my hands though, just for the record. Is is misplaced O one. Oh yes. Basically, I've got the test cut here. I'm going to take out its packaging. Wow. This is uh, just imagine a white card sleeve, <laughs> and as you take it out, is a white inner sleeve. If you go on okay. Discogs and buy a record that says generic on the sleeve, this is what it looks like. <laughs> this is what it looks like, yeah, basically. Um, so these are all cut, and basically they're going to be. Uh, it's, quite a limited edition we're only getting 20 of them made and it is a compilation of uh some of our best tracks on vinyl for the first time ever why uh, so awesome they are yeah they're all getting individually cut um from some dude in slovakia um wow. which awesome. is he's he's done a great job on the test cut i'm really happy and that should be coming out in the next two three months i hope um that's sick, man. But it's got um, Aidan Francis, Cascade, Matt Wills, right. Never Enough, uh, Sam and Stummy, and Real Sense and Falenti's No Borders. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's on vinyl. It's going to be coming out. And, yeah, it's, it's exciting stuff. But we, we do want to do a full, like, 300 press in the future, but it's just money. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's, there's a lot more risk, I feel like, with vinyl releases. To... That's... Awesome though, mate. You got vinyl. That's quite. A oh, big... mate, yeah, smashing. Like anyone starting a label, that's a pretty big goal for anyone. Like, yeah, I mean, it's something I wanted to do for like maybe not when I was doing house jacking because I wasn't really into vinyl at the time. But when I was doing vacant, I was like, oh, I really want to do a vinyl release at some point. But mate, you're, um, you're doing wonders for people. Like people, those people on your label might um, their goal might be to get a truck and vinyl, and you've just fucking created that for them. Big smash up. that one. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, it's it's exciting, and oh, I'm really happy to have those guys on board again. Um, even though those tracks are out on digital, I think there's definitely something different about holding, you know, the physical release in your hand. Yeah, definitely. Oh, without a doubt, mate. I'm I'm swearing towards vinyl a lot more these days. I don't know. I'm actually tempted to get rid of an XDJ and just have two vinyls. Do that, mate. Do it. I reckon that's a great shout. 
Just because it, it feels, especially when you're mixing at home on your own, I think it keeps you occupied a bit more. Yeah, that's I, it. I know you don't but It's forget. the money, mate. It's, it's the cost. <laughs> it's the price of actually getting vinyls that is the problem. Yeah, definitely. To be fair, all you need is two kind of vinyls that you know well to just practice your mixing and get it for quality. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think no, I love it, mate. The other thing with, with vinyl compared to digital is obviously it's, it's sort of like where you have it physical and then it's sort of, it means something compared to, you know, digital downloads can be so throwaway these days. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to tarnish anyone who uses a certain program on their computer, Seek Soul. Uh, <laughs> boo. We're not going to call them out. But when you're downloading illegally, it's, it, music means nothing, you know, if yeah, you just, exactly. just play like that. When you've got it physically and then it's actually like something... Well, I think you don't buy vinyl unless you actually like the tracks. So that's the difference. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt, mate. Because you, you know what? You can get you can get loads of tunes digitally, which are just like throwaway tracks, and you'll lose them on your record box, or you'll just completely, if you'd pardon the pun, misplace the uh, <laughs> the MP3s or whatever, Let's and just then clarify. they'll just they might be throwaway to some people, but some other people might be great. No, definitely. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, like I some tracks will just be ones that you you. You buy in the, in the moment. moment. Yeah, yeah. You have that honeymoon phase. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's it. And then, you know, that track gets lost. But I I agree. I think you've really got to commit to buying records more so than definitely buying a track online. When we were speaking about merch earlier, like two minutes ago, I was just thinking, um, like in terms of when you like a certain artist or something and you buy like or a certain label and you buy merch afterwards. Just because you want to show people, like, oh, I listen to this label. <laughs> but do you, um, is there any like brands out there that you all really like at the moment in terms of merch or clothing in, in music um, industry? Music industry. Um, yeah. uh, Shall not fade. I mean, for yeah. me, they're, I, I love them as a label and just their merch, I think, because they do like collabs with like other yeah. clothing companies and stuff. I think they've Decent. got some cool stuff. Um, a, a lot of the label merch I own is just sort of logos, basically. Yeah, just basic stuff. Um, that just kind of shows you how important the logo is, then, doesn't it? That's it. It's all about the branding. If you get a good good logo down, then I think that's that's half the battle, especially in the digital age where you know you've got to have some sort of digital presence online. Mm, definitely, there's a, a brand called Sports Banger who do merch. Yes, and uh, they are uh, the king of the bootlegs, aren't they? Uh, I'm currently wearing Sports Banger. I've got. Are you? Uh, I just got- bought one as well. I've got the upside down Reebok logo t-shirt. Oh, sick! And I don't oh, know how yeah. they got away with it. Honestly, I don't know. Speaking of uh, bootlegs, <laughs> speaking of getting away with it. Oh, okay, um... <laughs> let's let let's let's clarify something. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> These bastard lawyers <laughs> <laughs> at a certain temple company. Okay, <laughs> we're not going to name names. Sending trademark copyright takedowns. Trying to intimidate the small boys, okay? They're getting sending us trademark uh, infringements. I've looked up your trademarks. You don't own shit, all right? <laughs> That's quality. That quality. Basically, if anyone who hasn't seen it, we've got a T-shirt that looks slightly <laughs> like another branded T-shirt, <laughs> which they claim they have the trademark for, and they don't. I've looked up your trademark. You ain't got shit. All right. <laughs> oh, we could have just started a whole war here. <laughs> I mean, their trademark is the word mm, repeated three times in a triangle. Ours is misplaced repeated three times in a triangle. That's not the same thing. Get over yourself. No. Don't don't send us trademark things. 
for something that you ripped off of some Swedish guy from the 1920s. Get a grip. <laughs> big up, big up. Yo. <laughs> wow. But wow. then to be fair, it's like you don't see people like Reebok calling out a sports banger being like, yo, take this down. Like, that, that's what I don't understand. Reebok are just chill, man. <laughs> that's it. And if the lawyer for, for that company is listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've just slagged them off for fucking five minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, if you heard any of the past three minutes of you being slagged off, I do apologise. <laughs> you're right, mate. You're right. At the end of the day, they don't own the uh, the particular shape. They don't own know? that shape. I've looked it up. It was a Swedish matey from the 1920s who made it, and all they did was stick their text on it. And yes, our text happens to be in the exact same font and exact same <laughs> shape. <laughs> And, oh and the prints in the exact same size that I measured out, but it shows that I bought their stuff originally. You know, Mate. I'm supporting them, and if they want to come back with that, I'll throw their t-shirt in the bin and burn it. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, imitation is the best form of flattery, exactly. isn't it? So they should be you know. loving this free publicity they're getting. Yeah. Their Take stock your- price probably just went up massively. <laughs> to worry about current affairs, not Matt Delicate trying to sell t-shirts. God, take it on the chin. That's what we should do. Oh my god! Oh, um, back to back to Johnny Banger. Quality, mate. Quality. I just got my t-shirt through, Matt. Got my. Which, got which the, ones you get? I got the HM Government and Truth Twisters tee. Yes, <laughs> it's quality. Okay, this awesome t-shirt. Basically, yeah. anyone doesn't doesn't know uh, Sports Banger, a brand, um, pretty in the music industry, aren't they? I'd say like, so, yeah. They've got, they do, they've got their links. Yeah, they do like kind of a lot of like bootleg stuff. It's really strange. Like they started on Slazinger. So it's a Slazinger logo, but instead of saying Slazinger, it's a banger on it, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. And they also got uh, an official partnership in the end. So if Palace yeah, wants to get an official Palace <laughs> X Misplays combo going, we're open to it anytime. You, you should have just put the triangle upside down. I, I would, but then people wouldn't have bought it. Yeah, it looks a bit dodgy. Yeah, I see that. I, I was planning on selling it on Wish.com. <laughs> <laughs> so people a... people buy a Palace t-shirt and they end up getting one of ours. <laughs> <laughs> you are actually like, mastermind. They, they, add, they add it to their wish list or something and then <laughs> yours just arrives at their front door. And it's even better Instead. quality than theirs. Ours don't yeah. ship. Ooh, These geez. are premium t-shirts. I'm not messing about when I make my t-shirts. Oh, yeah. what, are, what are your blanks? Because they're quite nice. Oh, well, they're Gildan Hammer. They are the most expensive Gildan t-shirts you can buy. We don't spare no cost. Gildan oh, Hammer? Matt ain't guys. doing no Fruit of the Loom shit around here. None of He's, that. BS. No. And if I could just take the time to draw your attention to misplaced recordings.bandcamp.com forward slash merch, you can get yours <laughs> anytime. We've got them in stock. We're gonna cut that plug out. You can you can censor. I'm we joking. should we should probably censor the last ten minutes if we're gonna do that. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. All right, I think let's bring it back to some music shit. Let's bring it back to some music stuff. I've actually got quite a significant question to ask you two. And uh, there is definitely a debate to have with this, I think, anyway. So my my question to you two is, do you think there is good and bad music? There we go. Oh, there's only two, genre, there's only two genres, good and bad. <laughs> go on. Not in, that, not in that context, Harry. Don't, don't ruin my fun here. Sorry. But, um, but yeah, do you think there is a defined line 
between good music and bad music? Yes. If so, what is that line? I think the fine line, I mean, it depends because there is some very experimental stuff out there. Do you know what I mean? I think there's a line and then on the other side of the line, it, it becomes classed as, in quotation marks, art. <laughs> Abstract. What I mean? <laughs> well, I don't know. So I think music has to be music. It has to... It can't. It can just be noise, but that's the thing. It can just be noise nowadays. There is some music which is just noise, and it's strange. But I feel like if it is music, it's got to be some sort of. It's got to have some sort of rhythm, some sort of grooves, or some sort of. I don't know. Te- tell that to Yoko Ono. Yoko Ono. Yes, yeah, she Why? was just. She was just making absolute noise. Really, it was a mess. Was it you never listened to any Yoko Ono. I haven't no. She, uh, with John Lennon, she she's I know, just. I know it was. Have you John not Lennon, seen though. the video? She was just screaming into her microphone, banging, blanging some fucking pots together. But then that's the thing. Sometimes people is that spiritual for some people, isn't it? <laughs> Most people do that every Thursday at eight pm at this point in time. Really. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. God. Yeah, good music. I don't know. Um, I do think there is a fine line, but then again, I think it's a lot of it's down to his personal preference, really. What what do you mean by personal preference? Well, I mean, there's some tunes which I think some people would play in the mix, or if someone shows me a tune, I'd probably think it was shit. But it could be all right to them, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, well, music is very uh, opinionated. Way, I think there's a, there's a level of quality rather than good music. Like, in terms of music that I hear daily on Spotify and everything, like, even if I go on the charts and listen to a track, it's technically good music because it is made well and it's catchy and it's you know it's got it's made with music it's music <laughs> but then if you show me a track you say I just put a couple of hi-hats together and a kick drum and then just went dala 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 <laughs> over the top like it technically technically is that music I mean yeah why wouldn't it why wouldn't it be music but though? then is that but then that's bad music isn't it how would is it though that's what I mean it's, it's, how, what is <laughs> Well, there, yeah, this is the question, mate. Matt, Matt, what's your opinion? Um, I, I can't really speak too much, so I'm not like a producer myself, so I can't really... I, I basically just slap JPEG files on MP3s oh, and promote No, them. mate, mate, it doesn't but, have to be that. It's just in terms to, of when you're listening to, listening to it. Oh, to, to the point of that, I think, but at the same time, it comes down to whether somebody is making cookie-cutter uh, cookie music where it's, you know, you've heard it a million times over, or if somebody's... You know, even if it's a bit more experimental and they're they're taking a bit of a risk, if something, you know, takes your fancy a bit more with it. Um I, I, I don't know. I think it's it's a hard one to answer because it's all subjective, isn't it? And this is this is on a dance music podcast. So if I was listening to, I don't know, pop music, I'd say it was all shit, but that's uh, it's all subjective. I, I, I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, it's it is a it is a challenging nut to crack. I think I I I know for me personally, you've you've almost got to respect each art form, art form, and kind of uh, the genre within dance music because there's so many genres. I feel like for people who don't listen to dance music, they they all just see it as one thing. But to when when you're in the scene, I mean, going yeah. back to something I said last week. <laughs> If, if you want to hear more genres than anything else, then go to Boomtown. <laughs> God, yeah. Everything, there, there is every kind of genre but to ever exist within dance music. I think that, like, as you said about people listen, some people just listen to, like, I don't know, indie rock all the time. And, like, but if, obviously, I, I listen to a lot of, like, dance music and stuff, which somebody who listens to, like, I don't know, heavy metal might find really boring because it's repetitive stuff and only changes slightly. Do you know what I mean? 
So there's different perspectives on how people perceive music. And I oh think... yeah, definitely. I, I feel like loads of people who don't really get themselves involved in dance music stuff. They just say like it all sounds samey. Yeah, why I does think... it repeat? Why does yeah. it repeat itself for? Yeah, seven I think minutes. You've just got to take it all on the chin and be like, some people like that music, some people like this music. Some people don't care enough about music to even bother arguing you about it. Like some people just like we we care a lot about music. Some people don't. Some people just listen to it to get from A to B. I think yeah, a lot of people just sort of passively listen to it. If you know, yeah. if if the radio is on at their work or something, then that's what they listen to. I, I don't know. I don't know many people who listen to the radio in their car. Do you listen yeah. to the radio in your car? Like when I get in my car. I have to put my own music on. I won't listen to a, just get spoon-fed what people think I should listen to. 100%, mate. I'm always plugging the aux in if I'm on a car journey. Yes. Every time. Meet me for a levels on the radio, and I listen to that every day. <laughs> <laughs> now, although sometimes, I mean, the ones, the ones that I do like um, is, I like Radio 1. I also quite like Radio 6. I don't know if anyone's yes. delved Radio into that Radio 6. Before. I've never listened to it until I listened to it at my last workplace and I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, mate. They actually, they did something quite recently during lockdown where they did an entire day dedicated to dance music on there. So I think they did like a, a whole show based on rave music. So they had, who did they have on there? I think they had like an old school D&B set on there. I can't remember what artist. I know Jerry Negro did something on there that day. Oh, nice! Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's cool to see those kind of radio shows. Like, who even who even thinks that there is a Radio Six? I, I honestly <laughs> thought when I heard about it, I thought it was a radio station for over seventies. I, I thought it was one of them. I thought it was going to be some daytime chat with a bunch of waffle and some traffic reports. But it, yeah, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Well, mate. Speaking of those kind of stations, second up for me has got to be Magic. I mean, you got a bung, you got a bung Magic on Magic on a Magic. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, come through Magic. What's on about... Magic? Is it eighties? No, oh, mate, it's everything you could ever dream of on Magic and more. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just. It kind of is music for like the older generation, but it's like you get Motown, you get soul, you get disco, you get eighties, nineties. R&B. You get loads of stuff on there. It's, um, it's Astrofunk if Astrofunk was a radio station. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but kind of like Astrofunk in like a chill lounge setting. Oh, nice. See, oh, I would yeah. go to that event and I would recommend anyone goes to an Astrofunk event. That's a plug. <laughs> that's, a custom, a that's a testimonial from an impartial, yeah. impartial customer. <laughs> if you guys have also not checked it out on GTA, there's a radio called Los Santos FM. That's pretty good. You know what, mate? I, I, it's bad saying this, right? But I've never owned an Xbox or PlayStation. Bloody hell! Did you, wow. have, a, did you have a Game Boy? You uncultured swine! And do you know? Do you know what makes it even worse and more middle class? The only thing I've owned was a Nintendo Wii. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If that's middle class. That's that's I, quite I, a generic. I think it's just. Concept. I think it's just a, a it, it's abuse, more like. Oh my god! No, I think it's just I, I I just had a bit of a lack of interest for you know what video games actually make me physically sick. Yeah, I don't, I don't know really. if anyone else gets that. Call of Duty. I I actually went over to a sleepover at my mates when I was about <laughs> eleven playing. Uh, I think it was 007 Nightfire. I loved the game, but after I left the sleepover, I threw up. <laughs> after playing the game, I threw up. What do you mean you threw up? I, I can't play first-person shooters. They're too quick for me. 
literally, <laughs> oh my God. I swear down, I played it. I felt pretty sick and I'm thinking, mm, I should probably go home now. I'm carrying my, my sleeping bag home and I throw up on his neighbour's lawn. <laughs> Wait, did you get sick from like the, the content or from the motion sickness? Oh no, I, lo- I love 007. I'm just talking first person shooters. And oh, I'm, no. hope- I'm hoping somebody else listening to this gets the same and I'm not just some sort of weirdo. But yeah, they, like, they make me physically sick. That's quite a good little thing to talk about. Like if that's like one weird thing that kind of gets you. What about you, Dan? Do you have anything weird that kind of... No one like somebody might be think, why are you scared of that, or why does that bother you? Well, it's it's not necessarily that, but one weird thing I've noticed and I've come to terms with recently. I want to put it out there to see if you guys get this as well, or if it's literally just me. Okay, when I when I close my eyes or when I look at something for a long period of time, does anyone else see like this weird worm shape? No. So Dan, what that is? You, you, do you see do you see it in your vision quite a lot? Yeah. You're trying to follow yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah. run away. Yeah, yeah, that's Basically, what I see. There's a Family Guy episode where it's like, squiggly line, why do you always <laughs> run from me? I'm squiggly line. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's a normal thing. Yeah, it's normal, don't worry, Dan. It just, it freaks me out and, well, I'm, I'm, I don't feel so freaked out now. But then you fair. try and focus on it and, like, you, you get it, start, it's, you stop looking and it kind of still goes and then you... Yeah, you, you can't follow it. And then you, and then you move it. your eyes up and it pings up to the other side. And you're like, come back here, you little bastard. <laughs> But it's like it's almost like a little bacteria, isn't it? When you look in the microscope. Yeah, that's that's the kind of image I have. Yeah. It's like a weird, it's, like wormy shape. It's not when I close my eyes. I see it when I open sometimes. Yeah, if I look at something, or you know, when you stare at something but you're not actually staring at it, you're like yeah. you're staring yeah, yeah. at nothing, even it's though like you're looking it, at. It's like you ever tried to stare at the back of your eyelids for too long. It gets a bit weird. <laughs> isn't that just going to sleep? Yeah, but you know, when you <laughs> close your eyes. Technically, like you close your eyes, you're still looking forward, aren't you? You're still looking at the back of your, back of your eyelids. True, I don't know. Eyes freak me out. Yeah, they are a bit weird, aren't they? Oh, are you not? Are you a non-eye person, Matt? I'm a non-body person. <laughs> <laughs> Everything Matt, about like a... it makes me sick. Well, not, Matt, that's not like, a human race. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that shit freaks me out. You give me casualty for oh, like... I'll be city for two minutes, oh. and I'll. I'm out of the room. I get bye you, mate. When you, when you think that like, you've got a brain in your skull, it's terrifying, isn't it? Oh, please don't. <laughs> like, you've got little millions, millions of just blood cells flinging around your body right now. Have you have you watched the film Lucy, guys? Have you seen no, that? No, that's on my watch list. That's quite it's, spacey it's, and future, isn't it? Is that a French film? No, no. It's, it's, it's basically. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's no. basically about it's it's the theory about what humans could be like if they could access 100% of their brain. That's also like Limitless, isn't it? Mm, well, Limitless is, it... is a, t- a pill they take which makes them cleverer. But No, it makes him access more clever, the other half of his brain. Does it? It makes him access the full potential of his brain with the pill. That's what the whole thing is. Oh, well, oh, fair play. I, I mean, I love both films. You just said fa- fair play. <laughs> fair play. <laughs> fair play. Oh. I, I mean, yeah, but Lucy is a different level because it's like she's she can lift people up and throw people around with her, her brain. Seems like my little girl. <laughs> <laughs> Throw people around with a brain. <laughs> wow, she's she's a to... naughty girl. <laughs> Bloody hell. How old is she? Let's keep this PG, guys. How old is she? The please, because you, you're getting a little bit too... Little Scarlett Johansson. She's like 30, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that, but it that... doesn't mean she has to play a 30-year-old. Well, she's not going to play a 12-year-old, is she? Well, you don't know <laughs> these things. You never know. <laughs> That's one fucking mature 12-year-old it is. Fuck you, ever, you ever seen the in-betweeners? Do you reckon they're 15? 
Oh, Christ, that episode's hilarious. You make a good point, mate. You do make a good point, actually. I mean, there's, you know, just before we start saying this person's fit and, uh, you know, a naughty girl, let's just make sure it's all above board, okay? <laughs> She's killing people. So if it's a 12-year-old killing people with a mind, it's pretty fucking... Like... No, you've got, you got quite a lot of films like that. Yeah, I guess so, actually. Haven't you? I mean... Harry Potter. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Harry, except Harry with the one. Harry Potter is dead. Speaking of uh, things that grind my gears, well, I've got I've got weird little things. Do you I know what this, really grinds my gears? I've got this really weird thing, and I reckon I'm, everyone's going to think I'm absolute weird over this. But when I lock my front door, I just get scared it's not locked. Yes. Like, so like, I'll, my mine doesn't have a handle on it. My lock my front door, so it's just uh, you unlock it with the key and then push it. Ooh. And and uh, when I when I lock it, I lock it and I hear it go and the lock goes. And I push it a couple of times to see if it's fine. And it wobbles. I'm like, oh, well, what if it wobbles? And the next time I do, I'll do it. And then what if I walk away? And then if I did it one more time, it would have opened. It's so stupid. But Mate, we had an oven like that at uni where that was like a gas oven. <clears throat> and when um when you when you shut the door slightly too hard, it'll turn the fire out and the gas will keep running. But the only way to check, because the the, the glass was so dirty, was to reopen the <laughs> oven. And then so get a light out. <laughs> chuck a link chuck a, double check yeah yeah chuck some links in there and see what happens <laughs> that's nuts but it also happens with other things it's weird it's like I'll, I'll close a bottle of coke and I have to check it's closed like three times oh it's weird I think it's I think I've got like a slight form of OCD yeah that sounds like OCD to me but mate. you know me Dan I worry about everything so it's probably just something you do you, you worry yourself too much mate yeah I'm, all you guys out there who are worrying about every little thing in your life and every little thing on your body Hang in there. It's all fine. You're all good. Don't worry. I'm here to... <laughs> no, I'm here but to Harry, mate, today. you're literally... You're what? 23? Yeah. I'm the biggest so, hypochondriac there is in the world. Yeah. But, mate, just drop drop that drop that worry, mate, all right? Thank you yeah, so much. You're 23 years old. You're a healthy man. You're young, yeah. dumb, and full of cum. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm an 80s pop star. <laughs> oh, you love your 80s, though, oh, mate. My yeah. God. I'm the lead singer in Soft Cell, pretty much. <laughs> you know Tainted Love wasn't originally by Soft Cell it was Mark Almond I'm going to guess it was by something like Frankie Goes Hollywood no it was a, I think it was a tune from the 60s or 70s Tainted Love <laughs> <laughs> what's your guilty pleasure Matt what's your like guilty pleasure music what's my oh god um, oh, this is interesting this is fun oh, this. I need to think on this one. Come, come, got, come back to me after Harry. I've got a line, a one lined up. So I've really been rinsing Atomic Kitten at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's that one song they got? Looking back the way we first met. Honestly, I was on a run earlier and I had that on. And honestly, coming over to the final 500 metres, that came on. I was just like <laughs> gliding around the road. Cars were beeping at me and I was just like, I don't care. <laughs> it's lovely. Atomic, Atomic Kitten, Kitten and also wow. Gabri- Gabrielle out of reach. Oh yeah, okay, so Harry has figured out the song from last week's podcast that he didn't know. <laughs> he found it. It's Out of Reach by Gabrielle. Yeah, Out of Reach, so far. You said Valerie last yeah. week, weren't you? Everyone <laughs> thinks it says Valerie or something. No one thinks it says Out of Reach. Because <laughs> like, look, I, Valerie, so far, out of reach. It, it doesn't, it's weird. It's one of those songs where my whole life has been a lie. Mandela effect. <laughs> Yeah, Mandela effect. Tune in next I am. Um, I've actually been listening to um, Anastasia quite a lot recently. Oh my god! Ooh. 
That's yeah. interesting. I'm out of love. Set me free. That's a banger. <laughs> I can get behind that. All right, I, I would say, yeah, my guilty pleasure is probably old uh, wrestling theme songs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you what, if you've never listened to the Hardy Boys theme song, get you can't that. see me. My time is now. Absolutely, <laughs> John Cena. He's an OG. <laughs> what was Rey Mysterio's? Uh, Just who's that jumping out the sky? <laughs> 619 619 hit that 619 oh my god <laughs> I, I, I shit you not I saw uh, I went to go see the wrestling in yeah, 2018 I think it was Jeff Hardy came out and I shot oh, the pants mate he was my favourite wrestler Jeff he Hardy was, is the absolute he was boy doing, doing swanton bombs <laughs> Swans, honestly you should have seen him I, I was I was ready to cry he was like your typical emo guy, wasn't he? <laughs> have you have you seen uh, the videos of like girls in in the sixties seeing the Beatles and crying and fainting? Yeah, yeah. That was me with Jeff Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Matt, did uh, me and Dan telling you our guilty pleasures kind of put you at ease a little bit? It definitely. Uh, I, I feel less uh, stupid about saying that. Yeah. I, when I came out of Atomic Kit, and I think you're like, oh god, this guy's weird. Well, I, I, I almost feel like I've I've lost a bit of a childhood compared to you two because I was probably watching Thomas the Tank Engine whilst you were watching WWE. I don't know. Thomas Tank Engine was a bit a bit before WWE. I started watching WWE. I did watch. I watched Thomas quite a bit. Thomas the Tank Engine. I had on VHS, and Maybe. I had the the Halloween edition of Thomas the Tank Engine, which is basically terrifying. It, it's like an 18 rated version of Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> For kids, <laughs> it was it was the scariest thing I'd ever seen. I shit you not, there was a train in it that got boarded up behind a brick wall and got left and got left there for like twenty years or something in it. Like, Thomas, what are you doing? Thomas, Thomas, get away! Get away! Have oh, you got a knife? <laughs> the fat controller is some horrible, horrible demon of a person. Oh, he is an absolute. Oh, he's an absolute devil. I don't, think, I don't think they could get away with calling him that anymore. What's he called now? Like the, the morbidly obese... <laughs> the morbidly obese train conductor. The underpaid and overworked Great Western Railways conductor. Yeah. If, if, if Thomas the Tank Engine was on now, it would just be a strike continuously. He would just be sat in a station for the entire episode. Yeah, if Fat Control would be smoking a cigarette with a high vest on. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I think it should be time we take uh, one more little break before we do the final segment of this episode's Meet Me Front Left podcast. We will be back in two. And we're back. For the final segment of the podcast, episode two this Ooh. evening, or afternoon, depends when you're listening to it, really. Yeah. <laughs> we have had a couple problems with Matt's microphone, unfortunately, for this final part, but we're going to be using his phone instead, so the party will keep going. But moving swiftly on, we're going to move away from Thomas the Tank Engine, and we're going to move <laughs> back into some... Uh, more musically related topics. So the first thing I wanted to discuss with you two is social media. Now, Ooh. I know that these days, I know for me personally, you guys have probably learned this as well. I know, Matt, you're probably more of a on the label side than a DJ side, but you've got to be like your own promoter. You've got to be your own 
manager. <laughs> You've got to be your own everything these days to be able yeah. to make it and get heard music-wise. Um, and I'm sure that's the same for you, Matt, when it comes to getting your label out there as well. Yeah, I mean, if it, if it wasn't socials, I, I don't know what we'd be doing. i will be shouting on the streets. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's it's true. true, though. I mean, social media is such a good and bad thing these days. I think for yeah. people like us, it's a blessing to be able to have so many people uh, it's, at your fingertips. Just, Facebook just became this kind of like billboard that everyone can just slap a poster on each week. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you just, it, there was a point I remember like last year where I'd go on and it'd just all be events, which is not bad, obviously. Like, I don't mind seeing events, but it's just not, it's just a basically an advertising platform now pretty much for everything you do. <laughs> yeah, well, I, d- I don't know about you, but I pretty much only go on it to see that stuff. Yeah, or share memes. <laughs> share memes. <laughs> oh, I, I can't even lie. I'm not going to lie to anyone. Like, that's memes or share in my event. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think for me, it's a lot less about uh, people. I'm just sick of, you know, I went from uh, Bebo to MySpace (laughs) to Facebook. I'm just sort of bored of that now. So, yeah, for me, it's just a way for promoting and stuff like that. Yeah, true that, mate. Do you think Facebook's probably the best platform on social media to use or do you think Instagram's kind of paving the way at the moment? If, if we were having this chat five years ago, I would have said yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when Facebook started going mad on the ads and you had to yeah. pay, pay for your audience to see it, like, I don't know about you guys and the people listening, but, you know, the amount of likes you have on a page means absolutely nothing compared to, you know, the amount of people who actually see the post is probably like, what, like 1%, 2% if you're yeah, lucky? it's really bad. Yeah, yeah, that's so true, mate. And and there's there's so many algorithms that affect it because it's so widely used now. You know, if the, I know I've done it before with um, Astrofunk, yeah. where you, you've got to almost comment on your own posts, you've got to like them as yourself just to give it an opportunity. Yeah, you've, yeah. Got to, you've got to kind of encourage engagement and get as much engagement as possible to kind of keep the post relevant. And like, if the more interactions it has, the more likelihood it is of popping up somewhere on someone's feed. That's, that's how it works, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't know about you guys. Obviously, it, we, we get some natural interaction from it, but I'm I'm always sending it to the guys on the label and my mates and making yeah. sure that they, you know, comment or like on it because that seems to be the only way to start getting traction with it. While stuff like Instagram, I think, you know, it just goes up and it, you don't have to ask anyone to do anything. It will just naturally sort of roll on and start getting interaction. Yeah, I think that's, that's true. Kind of. But easier thing about Instagram is just like everyone goes and scrolls through like everyone's stories. Do you know what I mean? It's like Snapchat, but Snapchat, we don't speak about that. Died ages ago, didn't it? Um, <laughs> and you could just post something on your story and everyone will see it, like get people to repost it on their stories. I think Facebook as well, it's it's kind of, you're talking about, you know, like sending it to your mates to share as well. I think that's kind of what everyone has to do. You have to kind of help each other out and all spread it. Because if you can't, if you don't, then it's just like not going to get any reach at all, really. Yeah, definitely. I, mean? I think you've sort of got to have like a, a network of people around you who are yeah, sort definitely. of working towards the same thing. And if you can, you know, you. Just, I mean, we have a, a group for the label where I basically post stuff when it's like a big release or whatever. I'll put it yeah. in there and try and get them to share it, and then vice versa, do the same back for them. So I think a lot of it is. Uh, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. With Facebook, oh, at least. 100%. 100%. I, think a, I think that's the great thing about a lot of the music industry at the moment, anyway. Like, of the like, kind of the up and coming people who are trying to get themselves out there and stuff. Like, you've just got to help each other out and try and do your best to like get where you want to be. But if you don't, 
you can't you, you kind of have to put what's the word you have to put a shift in and help other people you can't just expect it to come to you otherwise do you know what I mean? Oh, there is a hundred percent a bit of give and take with it, because you know uh, to to progress yourself as an artist, you've got to be showing support for everyone around you at the same time. Yeah, definitely. And that that's not a bad thing at all. I mean, I've I've connected with so many good people and so many good producers who I would have never come across unless I made those interactions and showed support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I I, do, I have noticed with Facebook especially. It's one of them sites where you're gonna you have to look for things more, because like like you said with Instagram, it just shows up on your feed. People will just scroll through, but when yeah. it comes to Facebook, you've got to dig a bit deeper to yeah. make those connections and find those people. But yeah. I mean, Facebook groups is a great way of doing that. Definitely, yeah. I think um, Facebook stories, no one uses it really. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> when was the last no. time you scrolled through your, your Facebook stories? And I think you might see your mum post something on there. <laughs> like, like you know, those, po- those oh, like, that's such true actually my mum just posts loads of stuff on her story so funny <laughs> that's a little hot how much have you boys actually been using social media during isolation have you been uh, I've been pretty good sworn to your phone more than you were before all of this I, I don't know I sort of look through it like a zombie I'm not actually taking <laughs> anything in I'm just looking at it for something to do getting your fix yeah, it's weird. I don't know what people were doing before social media, but it must be better than this. Yeah, mate, it's, it's quite sad saying this, but I actually like go on my phone in the morning to wake my brain up. <laughs> mate, if you're going to do that, I suggest, I suggest getting like a little brain training app. I've got one of those in the morning. Oh, like a Nintendo DS? Yeah, what was yeah that? mate, um, sounds weird, all right? Games on your phone or whatever, but it, doing a little, you know, a little bit of maths equations in the morning, just does you some good, mate. Then a bit of yoga. You're ready for the day. I've yeah. got Wordscape. Does anyone have Wordscape? Wordscape is that like basically word search, isn't it? Yeah, it's like you. They um they give you all these letters, and you've got to make all these words in like a Scrabble board. Oh, so it's basically Scrabble. I think that yeah, my mum has that. I'm pretty sure they yeah. they promote that at uh, middle aged mums. Like Candy yeah. Crush, isn't it? So you've fallen for it. Like yeah, I've, I've fallen in deep, mate. I think um, I'm like level 1,042. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Jesus Killing Christ. it, mate. Oh. Someone come challenge me, I dare you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's scary to know. I, I don't even want to look at my screen time. I'm a bit scared to look Mine's at my screen pretty time. good, actually. Because um, I spent a lot of my time just producing. When you get lost in it, you kind of forget your phone's even there. And then you check your phone and you're like, oh my God, I haven't replied to anyone. Like, yeah, do, do, I, I mean, it's it's quite common. I'm really bad at re- replying to messages. <laughs> You're the worst I'm person really, I've ever met at replying to I'm, any message. I'm I'm so awful at it. It's like you 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 you'll call me and I'll be making dinner and I'll be like, oh shit, I've missed the call, and I'll text you back straight away, like after I've just missed the call, and you just won't answer. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. I'm busy playing Wordscape, mate. You know, what, straight after you just try calling me, back on it, You're back on it that quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of no, um, I'm, I'm awful I was just going to say how awful I am to be honest that was nah, pretty I'm much it that's <laughs> nah, a memorable trait at least <laughs> yeah but um, speaking of like reach and kind of social media and that which, um, we're going to talk about what's it called premieres and how important they are instead of, well, how important you think they are for re- like releases and getting that first bit of traction on a new track yeah, and, and when we say premieres, we're talking about uh, SoundCloud and YouTube mainly. Yeah, if you don't know, uh, a premiere basically is when a YouTube channel 
or a SoundCloud page will, well, you, I'm sure you know what Premiere is. <laughs> they they play it for the first time and they'll put it up on their YouTube channel and there's specific YouTube channels that are like dedicated to that. Um, they dedicate themselves to just literally putting up Premieres and sharing songs for the first time for certain labels. Yeah, and definitely. Matt, yeah, Matt, you've had, you've had quite a good experience of uh, Premiere history, I suppose, with Misplaced. Yeah. yeah, I suppose you could say that. Yeah, so <laughs> um, we we did, um, our first proper one was on uh, Howsome for Never Enough by Matt Wills. And that oh, got, nice. I don't know if I spoke about it earlier, but yeah, that got about 60,000 plays or whatever. Definitely. And that, that really helped to promote sort of the first release and just get the label out there in the, in the public eye and definitely helped, you know, um, these are sort of established fan bases and once they get a grip of it, then they sort of, some of them will filter down into your, you know, your own brand. Yeah. Did you see any like kind of direct pattern between views on a premiere and sales or not? Uh, yeah. So obviously the lucky thing with Bandcamp is it tells you where some of the sales come from. Oh. So the, da- the data is not always 100% accurate, but a lot of the time it will tell you the link that people have come from beforehand. And so it shows if it's come from YouTube or whatever, it will tell you that people have come from that link. So oh, I think okay. probably, um, that's right, like 25% of our sales probably came from that premiere. So yeah, it's really worth doing and reaching out to these channels that sort of post the same music that you're releasing. Yeah, so I mean, the, the, I know a lot of people uh, as a producer, especially at our kind of phase of it, you know, we we dream of getting tracks premiered on sites like Halcyon and uh, you know uh, yeah all of, all of those sites the YouTube channels because they're I mean realistically they're the ones you always see pop up on your suggesteds on YouTube are those channels yeah, masters 100%. of the algorithm I don't know what yeah. they they must that, what? be paying YouTube under the table or something <laughs> what, what you mean? me and Dan spoke about last week what was it called Clanger Russell maybe oh what a tune <laughs> I don't care what anyone says <laughs> that 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 tune has literally mastered the algorithm. No, you can't escape it. You cannot escape. It. No matter what genre you listen to, reggae, dub, bit of house, you'll always end up on that tune. <laughs> I've just thought of another one as well. Do you know, um, Adriano on my side. That is another one oh, that always pops up. He must have made bank on that. I yeah. don't know. Do you get? Because it's just the YouTube. Is it, actually, it's got loads of money. Uh, money. It's got loads of views on Spotify as well, isn't it? I guess. Well, you can. I can't. Didn't I spoke to you about this, Matt, before? Deny that you can. There is a way of um, actually earning money as an artist and label through getting premieres on YouTube channels. Yeah. So if you've got a distributor that um, sort of does monetization, if because obviously they've got a YouTube content idea, I think it's called. So when somebody posts that in a video, it will pick it up. And I mean, YouTube is, is really shit for, for their royalties, but it, it does add up. But yeah, it's, it's just not, it's not a massive moneymaker. Yeah, well, every little helps, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've got, a, I've had a premiere which really helped me out. And I was, oh, yeah. I was very, very lucky to have it. Um, I, I know it is annoyingly, it's, I say annoyingly, but <laughs> it, it, it's not, the uh, the channel that my music tends to fit with, yeah, that much. Um, I had a I had a premiere on Blank earlier this year, uh, which was sick, mate. And I remember seeing the message that uh, I was featured on there, and it was wicked to know that uh, you know a YouTube page with that much following would yeah, they're quite big, aren't they? 
Yeah, and it's literally just a free download tune. But since then, that the track Miss Honey, which is the track I produce, has shot up. I mean, I think it's on like 85,000 views on Blank now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's, there's definitely a direct correlation there between the views on that and then like it has like a what's it what's it called snowball effect so it would have hit your spotify as well do you know what i mean spotify, yeah it's, it's helped SoundCloud. boost my following it's definitely. definitely helped boost my following i know as well see i i do tend to mainly do a lot of free download releases i know with with astrofunk we just run it as a free download page but obviously Matt, you, I mean, House Jacking was free download, wasn't it? Yeah, about like 95% of the tracks on there were free download. We did a, a few that were paid releases, but that was just sort of uh, me testing the water. But yeah, everything I've done since has been a, a paid release. So that, that's not to you know piss off the people who want free music. I just think, you know, the, the artists involved, the way I'm doing it as sort of a business first is just so that they they get some money out of it and everyone gets, you know, their little bit. Yeah, 100%. Do, do you feel like that's helped you as a label by moving away from the free downloads and moving into the kind of paid? Yeah, stuff? I think because obviously with free downloads, you've got, you know, these uh, follow gates and stuff for free downloads and it really helps out to to build your following on your socials yeah. or whatever. But I think the thing is with paid downloads is then you've got people who are actually paying for it, which means they're an actual fan rather than, you know, a free download, anyone can get it and it, they yeah. might they might just forget about it the next day, but if you've paid for something, I feel like you've got more chance of remembering it and actually wanting to play it out. Yeah, exactly. Because oh, it's, it's kind of a there, there's that thing between listening to a track and then actually buying it because you're actually like taking time out of your day and like spending actual money on it that you've earned on this track. Whereas if it's free, there's no like risk or do you know what I mean? You, yeah, you, definitely. You buy the track and then like you download it for free and then like tomorrow if you don't really like it anymore. <laughs> And you just be like, okay, sorry, I don't want it. Just delete it. Do you do you boys feel like it's it might be a controversial opinion, but do you do you boys feel like that having free download tracks almost devalues the song itself? Um it depends, because I feel like if you're a new producer and you're doing free downloads, I feel like you, you depend oh, I don't know, it's a weird one, isn't it? Depends how you market I think it's it as a good, well. I think it's a good one it's a good way to get your feet off the ground. In the think, early stages of yeah, uh, I, owe, I owe a lot to free downloads. <laughs> like yeah, most me of my followers of SoundCloud mate. came from when I used to make loads of like disco edits and stuff. And they were just free and going up all these little pages and stuff. Um and yeah. most of them come through Followgates through that. That's a, that's a so, good point. I think especially when you're doing remixes and bootlegs, I think that is the only way to properly do it is to give them out for yeah. free. You know, there's it's, there's a lot of legal grey area with doing remixes and samples and stuff. So you know, sometimes you can get away with it. I'm not going to say any of our tracks do or don't. I'm not going to incriminate myself. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think if you're doing a full on bootleg or something, I think putting out as a free download is the best way to go. Yeah, yeah if, I guess if you put it out and then don't get it cleared and they find out they can... They can You'll be absolutely well. fucked, yeah. It, yeah. What, was that, what was that song that everyone did the dance to? It was like um, Harlem Shake. Did you hear about yeah. that? Harlem yeah. Shake? I where they took a sample that. from it and the, the the original guy found out and I, I think they own none of the rights to it anymore. So the guy who made the original gets like 100% or something like that now. That's crazy. Jeez, that that's was, that like was huge. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that song was mad. I remember in all the secondary schools, they just used to film doing Harlem Shake in the God, classrooms. Yeah. <laughs> There's another track that happened, uh, something like that happened. It was, they took a, it was Robin Thicke 
and Pharrell Williams. Oh, uh, what? Blurred, blurred lines. Blurred lines, yeah. And it basically sounded super similar to a Marvin Gaye tune called Got to Give It Up. And the. <laughs> they, I mean, they did not help themselves with it because they've got interviews with them two saying, we'd really like to come up with a song that's inspired by Marvin Gaye. And then <laughs> they go ahead and pretty much replicate the track. Is it, was and, it a, uh, a replicate though or not, not like an edit? They didn't take the actual sample? No, but no. like the way, the way they've gone about it and the similarities, if you listen to two of the, the both of the tracks next to each other, it's uncanny how really? similar they are. So yeah, I think the the gay family have now all of the rights to to that oh, track. Oh wow, that was a Which huge probably, track as well. Well, mate, that was massive, that tune. I remember it was on radio constantly. I was, that's yeah. probably like a tune you always hear at a wedding now or something, isn't it? It seems like <laughs> well. It's not, not particularly like Umbrella by Rihanna. One of those that yeah. stays at the top of the charts for like two years. <laughs> pretty much. Get Lucky by Daft Punk, all of them ones. Oh God. <laughs> wow God, that's funny right so away from wedding tracks and back to dance music which is what we really care about do you think that brand image for say a brand or a record label in your eyes Matt or just even yourself as an artist is vital yes to be able to grow and to be able to get yes. noticed I do yeah yeah, I'm a massive fan of a good brand image on a artist. I'm a, I'm a sucker for a lovely SoundCloud header and a corresponding photo. <laughs> you know, when you go yeah. on SoundCloud and you see a lovely the profile, just the colours are nice, and you're just like, wow, this is a really lovely profile. Even when all their tracks have got this kind of cool artwork. I don't know, I think aesthetic is definitely a big part in the music industry, 100%. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mainly, mainly because music, obviously, if if you're not able to hear it, how do you describe yourself? That's the yeah. way I see it. Is without somebody listening to a track, how do you convey what you're about and your sort of thoughts yeah. and attitude and music? I think also it's definitely a subconscious thing. When you're looking for music, you do look at the artwork and go, "I'm going to listen to this because of the artwork." Or you you sometimes listen to tracks because of the artwork, or you'll because like if you're just on a random YouTube page looking at vinyl releases, you're just looking at the artwork and the name of the song. Um, so I think having good artwork definitely could make help you stand out and kind of draw in the right people to your track. There, you know what I mean? There's definitely a visual visual aspect yeah. of music, isn't there? I mean, it probably not as important for dance music specifically. I know that music videos probably wouldn't make much difference in in no, terms of I, dance in terms of dance music. Yeah, I think music videos. I don't know. This <sighs> depends. Really, it's not really that many. I think with dance music. A lot of the tunes are for clubs and kind of... Yeah, exactly. Because they're made for a dance floor environment, I don't think that a music video would necessarily help grow a dance music track. Yeah. But there definitely is a visual aspect of it when it comes to seeing the artwork of a label or an artist or just seeing a lot of consistency within this kind of theme or layout. Yeah, I agree on that. A label. Well, Matt, with Misplaced, you've got like this... It's like this urban environment kind of theme, I suppose, with your artwork, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it was basically a, a lot of the photos that we used for the artwork. Um, I, I just took on my phone and it would just be <laughs> being, being bored at my lunch break and I'd just have, have a walk, see if there was any sort of cool looking buildings or anything, take a picture. And then I just popped it into um, an app. It's called like VSEO or something. 
Okay, yeah. It's just like color grading or whatever, and I stick the same filter on it every time. And Easy. yeah, it's, it, that's just the way we've gone about it. I've had some extra artwork done by a guy called Matt Lee. So he's just been on holiday and taken some random pictures. I'd pay him a little bit for each one of them. But yeah, just uh, keep keeping it consistent is the, is the main thing. I love the simplicity of that, mate. I love yeah. how I love how you, you know, as an outsider, you wouldn't even see that I, from from seeing your artwork and stuff. Like you don't think it's just taken on a phone. You I know, think it, it seems legit. It's, I, I like the whole. You got a lot of like negative space like on your pages and stuff, which is really nice and really helps with like photos pop out on your mm. on your albums and stuff. And another cool thing is, I saw this is kind of kind of on topic. Uh, there's a, a you and doing tune on YouTube. And it's got the same sort of vibe as your artwork, where it's got like a it's just a circle, and then it's got a really nice looking building, bit of architecture in there. Oh, nice! And, oh, I'm sending them a, a trademark infringement notice. <laughs> and it's um, <laughs> and then somebody in the comments linked a Google Maps thing to the, the angle and looking at the building. It's quite cool. Well, that's so, interesting. Like, yeah, yeah. Wow! And you click it, cool. it takes you takes you to this building. You're like, oh wow! And like. Yeah, it's just quite a little cool little... It's almost like an Easter egg. <laughs> you say that. There was actually the, the first bit of artwork we had for Misplaced Recordings Volume 1 I took whilst I was on a, a flight to Amsterdam. So it's just the, the inside of a plane. And oh, someone, I saw that. Someone on a, a YouTube comment actually told... like He posted the exact model name and brand of the plane. I didn't have a clue. And he was right. <laughs> I don't know how he knew it. He knew the exact plane from an inside picture of it. It was crazy. What guy? That's nuts. That it's is cr- nuts. I didn't know you took that photo. That's quite a cool photo, that one. That was the first V8. That's, that is, that's yeah, first cool V8. Shit, mate. That, that, is, that is mad that someone would even know the model of a plane. I, I don't photo. know. It, it's nice to know that our fans are also plane fans. They love aeroplanes. <laughs> so that's, that's nice. A nice crossover. Speaking wow. of plane fans, I have a I have a link, a really small world link, which Harry, you know about this. Oh, uh, first of all, guys, can we just get this out of the way? Dad, Dan's dad's a pilot, which is probably one of the coolest jobs for your dad to have. Let's be real. It is very cool. <laughs> it is very cool. I mean, it's 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 probably not as cool as it was during COVID nineteen, but it's still pretty yeah. damn cool. But <laughs> basically, the uh, I I ended up knowing someone oh, this is crazy, indirectly. Actually through one of my dad's pilot mates who yeah, flies with my dad. Because <laughs> I got a message um, from uh, Mr. Sosa saying, uh, <laughs> he was like, are you friends with uh, that panda? Because <laughs> I put you on my story, I think. And uh, I was like, yeah, why? <laughs> and he was like, my dad knows him from work, met him on a, on a flight. I was like, what? That's so weird. Because yeah, the guy so much yeah, my my dad's flown with his dad. So on Mr. An... Sosa's dad and Pandar's dad have flown together on a flight. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. Well, they've like flown together. They've they've drove a plane. Is that your word? Drove, drive. You drive a plane. Flew, flew. 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 <laughs> drove. I mean, that's, there was a bit of driving initially and at the end. Yeah. So yeah, I'll give it that. That's true. That that's true. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of that's so mad. That's so mad. That's such a small world thing to happen. Yeah, my dad. My dad looked into it because my dad. My dad bigs me up to all of his mates at work. So <laughs> that's clearly how Mister Sosa found out about it. Do they? Do they stick you on the the intercom on the radio on the plane? Bit of panda. <laughs> Just hello. This is uh, Captain Andrew speaking. <laughs> Live from the cockpit. We've got uh, up next. We've got Panda coming in with his new release. <laughs> 
Uh, the temperature is also 24 degrees outside, and it is 4 p.m. local time. Enjoy the rest of your flight. <laughs> God, that's so no, funny. imagine that. That would be a cool flight, though. I'd get on that. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> that's quite a big-headed comment from me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, oh, yeah, if I went on a play with my music, I'd get on it straight away. Yeah, who wouldn't, mate? Who wouldn't? <laughs> they should have communal radios on the planes. That'd be pretty cool, I think. Just everyone's kind of bopping around. Just... <laughs> oh, a, a, a silent oh. disco on a plane. <laughs> Oi, that would be sick. Well, technically they be do, because they've got the radio stations and everyone can listen to the same one. Do they? I must have only been on cheap flights. Actually, to fair, that was, no, this, must, this was like 2003. And I forgot the first plane. And we had the little, on the armrest, there's a little plug to put the aux in. <laughs> Yeah, along with along with a an ashtray. Have you seen that they still oh, have I, these on I planes? How nuts is that? <laughs> yeah. crazy. I mean, you obviously can't smoke on planes anymore, but they get, still have ashtrays on the seats. If you get on a plane and they've got ashtrays on the seats, you've got to hold on because it's gonna be a bumpy ride. <laughs> this planes from nineteen forties. <laughs> it wasn't no, it wasn't that long ago you could smoke on planes. Definitely you know like nineteen eighties, wasn't it? No, it was more like the nineties, early noughties you could smoke on nah, planes. Really? Yeah, I'm serious. It'd be horrible. It's bad enough oh, vaping in my room. Like, mama, oh. <laughs> smoke it's bad enough light. It's bad enough lighting incense in my bedroom. Yeah, <laughs> God. Crack a window open at 40,000 feet, mate. <laughs> God. Crack a window. <laughs> Crack a window. So, I, mean, I mean, going back to brand image, because we've gone a bit off topic, are there any, are there any brands that you can think of that you really like? The aesthetic of oh. from on the Ooh. there's a, there's a, a there is a, a good brand which I like which is kind of a clothing brand but they, I think they do a mix series it's called Handy Handy Supply uh, I buy some of their t-shirts and they're really 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 cool image honestly so they're <laughs> good but they're not too musicy they're kind of oh holding hands is pretty nice yeah I'm a big they've fan of the that they've got the two little oct- octopuses or octopi I don't know what you <laughs> what you call them <laughs> but yeah it's just two little octopus um, literally next to each other one's black one's white uh, it's really really cool so simple but like I don't know it's awesome yeah, are you more one for the simplicity rather than the kind of complex yeah well stuff? I think a complex logo is I don't know can you have a good complex logo if it doesn't work in straight black and white it's not a good logo do you know what I mean yeah I think a logo needs to, it needs to work in sort of in a basic sense it's just as a standalone without being too much on the eyes yeah like you can't yeah. just that's why I think, like, if you're going to get a logo, then do it on Illustrator or something. So it's just actually like vectors and stuff. Because if you've got these JPEG images that you've chucked together for a logo, if you blow that up anywhere, it's going to just look awful and pixelated. You know what I mean? Yeah, without so you've a just doubt. Got to keep it simple. Uh, keep it. Uh, keep nice it one hundred. Yeah. I, do, I I prefer the simplicity. I'm I'm a bit more of a fan of like the artistic side of artwork more than the kind of graphic design side of artwork if that makes sense how, how do you mean so like in terms of so, like labels or anything what's your kind of what well i mean prime, prime example is industry trust which harry you're obsessed oh, with oh yeah that that is cool yeah where is chaos in the cbd's label and they basically have it's really simplistic shapes and art like of like these people that it's, it's kind like, of abstract it's like these dancing men or women and it's like it looks like it's been with one brush stroke in black ink pretty much uh, yeah, I know the ones you talk about. Yeah, they're really nice. That's yeah, nice, I just, nice I, I, I kind of, I quite like the arty ones. And I mean, my artwork's been a bit like that recently, anyway, just because yeah. of the the lovely girl I've been working with, Laura Page. Yeah, shout designed, out to Laura Page. Yeah, she also designed the artwork for the uh, Meet Me Front Left logo. Yeah, which is 
incredible. So big up Laura Page. Someone go already, go follow her on already, Instagram. Someone's already asked me about that, actually, and said, where do you get it designed? So yeah, yeah, Laura Page doing bits with the artwork. Yeah, incredible, incredible work. But um, funny you say about Industry Trust, they're actually looking for a new designer, I think. I saw them post. Really? Yeah, they said anyone looking to do a kind of, uh, it's like a contract thing, I think, and they do like a certain amount of releases and then do another artist, which is pretty cool. Nice. What about you, cool Matt? Stuff. What sort of labels are catching uh, your eye at the moment in terms of like aesthetic? Aesthetic? Um, see, I, I really like uh, Howsome. They, they've got like yeah. some, they've got some cool drawings. I can't remember who did it. Um, the, the guy who runs it, he did tell me a while ago, I can't remember. But apart from them, I quite like sort of the ones where it's sort of standard and really the same across all of them. I don't know why, you know, it's not the most imaginative, but yeah. labels like uh, AUS or AUS, however you say it. Um, oh, house. <laughs> house. Uh, Enclave Records, um, EastEnders, so East End Dubs label, but I think a lot of oh, that yeah. comes from the fact that his vinyls look so sick. So, Oh, yeah, God, yeah. That's really... All the, all the splatter vinyls, they just look smart as fuck. That's a big USP, isn't it, there, for him? I don't know any other label that really does that, to be honest. Yeah, like, it's 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 nice to have it just playing, just to look at it, just staring yeah. at what's playing. If you don't know, guys, East East End Dubs is it? Is it? It's him, isn't it? East yeah. End Dubs has got a label called East Enders, uh, and it's basically he's every vinyl. Is it every vinyl? Might be every vinyl. He uh, gets pressed at a different kind of pattern on it, so like it'll be like paint splodges all over, pretty much, and it, it just looks so so cool. And like, not really many other labels do it, so I think that's definitely a good thing for him to do, boost his sales up. Yeah, I love I love the look of multicolored vinyls. I don't know why it yeah. satisfies me quite. But it's a lot. quite annoying when you find one on Discogs and you order it thinking it's going to be the one, the multicolored, the colored one, and it's just a plain vinyl. Yeah, I've had, <laughs> I had that. I ordered a I ordered a Masters at Work vinyl a couple of weeks ago, and it it even put it even put in brackets purple vinyl on the Discogs wow. link. Ooh, so I was, I was like, oh, I've got to get this purple vinyl would be sick, and it comes. I mean. Don't get me wrong, the track is still just as good as if it were a purple vinyl, but there is something quite satisfying about having a purple vinyl. Oh, God, yeah. Mate, whacking out a purple bit of wax in the middle of a set, everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the fact they can't see it because it's pitch black, but you know oh, it's purple. Oh, I'll take a picture <laughs> of the gram. <laughs> Look at me and my purple vinyl. <laughs> God, that's the, that's, how, that's the struggle these days, isn't it? It is really cool how there's such a link between kind of art and all of these things alongside music. It all really fits hand in hand. Yeah, I think it's definitely, you can kind of like utilize all your mates' talents and stuff, which is really cool and get everyone involved. So like, as we were saying about music videos, if you've got a mate who's like, does like camera work, um, does like film, get him to come on board and help you with your... Uh, with your like music videos and then you can combine that with your music and then obviously like you've got Laura Page doing your artwork combine it with that and it kind of I think music helps tie together loads of other kind of art forms and kind of yeah definitely I mean Matt sorry Matt Matt you've obviously been running Misplaced pretty much uh, by your own accord independently (laughs) so kudos to you mate for for doing that do you have you have you ever approached other people to help you with uh, Misplaced or have you mainly been with with kind of a do-it-yourself attitude yeah so i, I guess um i sort of like doing as much as i can by myself but obviously i've got um alberto on the label who helps as a sort of second opinion and he does a bit of a and r as well bringing on some other releases 
Um, and then I've got a, a few people who um, I, I go to for artworks. I've got Matt Lee, um, myself, and then there's there's other people. I sort of have a group of people around me, just as, not as a, a sort of uh, verification that I'm doing well, but just getting second opinions, I think, really makes a difference. Yeah, well, it, it can almost bring you back down to earth a bit more, or just give you a bit of perspective when you get those kind of opinions from people surrounding you, I think. Yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely the way forward, I think, is because I've got an idea in my mind of what will do well, but sometimes that turns out to be not the case. And, you know, you need to go to public opinion every now and again to, to see what other people think of it. Oh, 100%. 100%. Every, time I, every time I make a track, uh, before I do anything with it, I'll send it to Dan or somebody who I know who is like kind of making music as well, just to see how, because I mean, obviously ear fatigue is definitely a thing when you're making music. So sometimes you kind of lose how you originally heard your own track after a while because you've listened to it so much. So yeah, just definitely. Out, if I just send you a track down and then you can just tell me how you think it's mixed, give me any tips, if I need to lower a snare, you know, bring up the kick. And I don't know, just, it definitely helps you. Sometimes it helps you hear your tune in a different light, you know, in all fairness. Oh, without a doubt. It's, you get it a lot anyway when you make music late at night. I keep going back to this whole honeymoon phase, but when, when you make music late at night yeah. and it sounds incredible and then you <laughs> sleep on it, you sleep on it and wake up the next day, you're like, what the fuck yeah, have I created here? It's like, it's like kids whacking, whacking metal pots. <laughs> you're like, oh my God. Cores are all over the place. Yeah, mate. You're in it's, it's a mess, absolute mess. But yeah. it's definitely, it's definitely good to get second opinions. And the more you kind of connect with these kind of people, and especially even people who just like dance music, it doesn't even have to necessarily be someone who knows their craft too much. I think it, even just a second opinion of someone who's into the kind of music you make, it would be yeah. good to get an outsider's opinion of it. I think definitely, definitely, mate. So to kind of finalise this podcast. I want to shoot a question to you, Matt, just about your own personal experience with record labels and what advice you could probably give to, not even probably, I don't know why I said probably, but what other advice you could definitely give to other people who are thinking of starting their own label or dabbling in the idea of it? What do they need to have ready in order to do that? Yeah, so I would would definitely um, suggest that you, you check that no other labels have the same name. Like, just check everywhere. Make sure no one else has come up with it beforehand. Um, I think there are some cases, you know, when there's like a label that's, or just a brand that's similar to yours that has the same name that's nothing to do with you. I think you can get away with it sometimes. But I think the main thing as well is to try and get consistency on all your social links. So they're all the same. and You don't have like a bunch of different links you have to put across to people. Um, so making sure, you know, your, your Facebook, your SoundCloud, your Instagram, all those URLs and uh, usernames are the exact same across everything. Yeah, Consistency is key. So it's not like Matt Delicate UK on Facebook and then Matt Delicate DJ on SoundCloud and then Matt Delicate, Matt Delicate? Matt Delicate UK DJ <laughs> superstar yeah, on bloody yeah. Twitter. <laughs> so yeah, just making sure that all you have to do is tell them the website and then the forward slash and it's the same on everything. It makes it a lot better. Exactly. Is there any other things in regards to kind of music searching or talent scouting that you'd you'd say is important when it comes to a record label? Um, I'd just go with your gut. If if you uh, you know are passionate about 
the sound that you're going for and everything and you've got an idea in your head of what you like. I think the thing is there are going to be people who don't like what you do and the main thing about that is just to not cater to them. You know, there's, there's going to be yeah. people who don't, don't like what you do. It's just fuck them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to, to do it for yourself. I mean, there's yeah, the, if there's people who are making the same sound that you like, then clearly there's other people out there who are going to like the same thing. So just roll with it. Yeah, and if there's, there's a niche for are, everything in there. Yeah. Is it if there's people out there who are just like outing you and saying that what you're doing is wrong and just ignore them because they're tapping in the head. But um <laughs> is, there, is there anything especially that you'd uh, say not to do? Um yeah, don't give up too early. I've seen a, wow. a lot a lot of labels come in and and they make the assumption it's gonna be really easy. And that's what I was saying earlier. It seems like a piece of piss at the beginning, but you've you've really got to stick with it even when you know your sales might not be doing as well as you think or you know is doing as well as you expect but you've got to give yourself time to build up that following and it's going to take time whether you're a a producer a dj or you know a label you've got to stick with it for the long haul and just know that in the end something will become of it you can't can't just go in there expecting to get hundreds of thousands of views straight away You've got to have you've got to create that back ugh, that back catalogue first and then have it there for people to look through because like to be honest, the first couple of releases you do probably won't be that big if you're a new producer or just start the label unless your network is pretty good. You know yeah, I mean? definitely. I mean, I know of some producers who are extremely talented um and they make some amazing music, but when they realise that they weren't, you know, landing deals on the biggest labels going and weren't making a, a shit ton of money off of it. They just gave up. And it, it's such a shame to see people with so much talent just give up because they don't see it going the right way. But yeah. everyone, most people are in the same boat in this industry. Everyone's trying to make it and it, it's hard to do, but you've just got to stick with it. And if you're passionate about it, you'll keep on going. And like I said earlier, if I was in this for the money, I'd be in the wrong job because it's been six years and I haven't seen a penny for myself. So... I've put in a lot more money than I've got back out of it. That is commitment, mate. That just shows that, that is. you need to really, if you're in it for the wrong reasons, then, then like you will give up. But if you're That's in it for it. the right reasons and you do enjoy it, then you will carry on doing it. Like this, obviously, the last five years or so, I've, I've not shot into stardom, but I love it. So I've just kept doing it. Same with you, Dan, I'm assuming. Yeah, without a doubt, mate. I mean, you can't, you can't just expect everything to be handed to you from the get-go. Yeah, and even it. even if it takes you what ten years to actually get noticed and get heard, you're probably going to learn a lot more along the way than a lot of people who just made it within two weeks. One hundred percent. David Sowie, do you remember him? One hit wonder. Yeah. Almost every weekend. Where is he now? Nowhere. Yep. True that, David Zowie. Get back on the bandwagon yeah. if you're really about that music, and if you really are listening to House every weekend, which I doubt thoroughly. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a ghost producer anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, pointed fingers. Yeah, yeah, Harry's got the guns out for this one. He is bang, shooting bang. away. Yeah, Fisher. Fisher, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you bloody plonker. Fisher, you're an you're an idiot. Get out. You're under arrest. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, though. He's a, he, <laughs> he's, a funny, he's a funny guy. Let's not burn bridges. But yeah, he's you know. he's a jokes personality. But you know. Bit too much I think, for me, I think. You just you get more out you get more out of doing shit yourself. You he's do, a personality though, isn't he? He's a personality which people he's got a management team behind him who just pushed that personality and that kind of craziness that he has behind the decks. Um and the people in America, the EDM heads just eat it up. <laughs> 
Yeah, they're all about tech. They're all about tech house now, aren't they? Yeah, the tech house is the new EDM. I think it genuinely is, mate. <laughs> uh, America, America seems well. I say America. That's too generalized. I feel Very like vague. the ed. Yeah, the EDM Tomorrowland heads kind of people. They're five years behind at yeah, least. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't, I don't want to slag off any American listeners, but as soon as they get hold of something and really sort of overplay it, I think it dies everywhere. Yeah. That that happens with a lot of music anyway. We saw that with Jump Up in the UK. I think we, we saw that with Bassline in the UK. I mean, I used to go to Garage Nation and there was no garage in sight. It was literally just Bassline. Really? <laughs> yeah, mate. But that was probably when Baseline was really starting to become a thing. But that's you can call so, like Baseline Garage. Some people do, don't they? Which I don't know how. Which it definitely how true. Is I not. don't believe that. You go, go to hell so if you different. think. <laughs> go yeah, to hell. Go to hell if you think Baseline <laughs> should be Garage <laughs> the other way around. <laughs> My words. Garage has got roots, mate. We don't want to be slaying it off with this wob wobs. <laughs> <laughs> No, nice I, respect, I respect I respect it, mate. I can't state too much because I used to DJ baseline, so I can't go too far in. Yeah, that you hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, that makes me a hypocrite. But there's a there's a place for everything. I think I've just grown my taste has grown out of baseline. No, no disrespect to anyone who is into that stuff, but I think um, you know when you've been into the dance scene for however many years, I think over time you definitely care less about drops and sort of being off your head and then it's it becomes dance music sort of becomes uh background music just stuff you can listen to any time of day i think that's the best sort of music yeah 100 yeah. percent. i love the kind of chilled side of dance music probably uh, just because we haven't been gigging just finding all the stuff like bonobo is one of my idols and yeah. um you know people like Fortet, floating points all of these kind of really forward thinking producers who still play they they play and they make stuff that is fit for both the dance floor and just for chilling and max and relaxing in your bedroom you know yeah max and relaxing so to close the show i think it's time to uh do some final words with matt about what's upcoming for you mate if there's anything yeah that's uh, yet to come you've obviously got the vinyl release coming out in a couple of months time yeah so yeah that's misplaced though one that's coming out in a few months time on our band camp um we've also got a release from a guy in california called noni uh that's his zorro gardens ep um obviously we've got christian bisney and connor harris for their speedy release feet harry oscillates lovely remix which uh will be coming out 10th of July. Um, apart from that, we've got some other bits and pieces coming along, which I have to keep a little bit hush about, but obviously you can look forward to all of that. And Misplaced Recordings, Volume 3, inevitably will be out some point within the next year. Awesome. Where can we uh, Where can we find you on socials? Yeah, so it's uh, Misplaced Rex. So it's uh, forward slash Misplaced R-E-C-S or at Misplaced Rex, depending on what platform. And our official website is misplacedrecordings.co.uk for all things misplaced recordings. Lovely stuff. Big up, Matt. Thank you once again for coming on the show and having a lovely old conversation about everything we could have talked about. (laughs) Thanks very much for having me. Anytime, mate. Anytime. Thank you to the listeners who tuned in for this episode of the Meet Me Front Left podcast. We will be continuing every week with more special guests of every kind of element within just, the dance music industry. They just get specialer as they go on. So we'll uh, look forward to that. 
Hey, don't slate Matt. That's like rude. That's no. <laughs> rude. It's only so you're saying it's all uphill from here. Okay, well, thanks for having me. Thanks very much. Tune in next week for someone who's uh, twice as good as me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt. I didn't mean to offend you there. Yeah, I absolutely disagree with you, it. Harry, mate. Well, you know what they say: first the worst, second the best. Oh, Matt, you're, on the second epi- you're on the second episode, mate. So uh, I, I completely disagree with Harry and how much. <laughs> I didn't he's say pers- that. I sa- oh my god, you're twisting what I said. I literally- <laughs> Look, oh. I was just saying that we've got a good little show going on here, and they're going to be great show. every week. It's amazing. So Thanks for having me, boys. Thanks <laughs> very time, much. Mate. Peace right. out, guys. In a boot. Stay safe. Bye.